Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology, and anything else we can think of. As always, I am Nick, and joining me this week is my ever-present co-host, Judge Greg. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I think I can can confirm we are the most inconsistent podcast on the internet. I, I think maybe we should just say we're a quarterly podcast, and as a quarterly podcast, we are very consistent. Yeah, but the problem is, as soon as we put a label on it, we're we're gonna lose it again. So oh, exactly. Just, yeah. N- yeah. Now that it's quarterly, now we're only gonna do it yeah. every six months. Mm, for sure, for sure. But yeah, just to explain, as I think I have done in the last like five episodes, uh, yeah, we haven't recorded since uh, September of 2017. Um, this was going to be our quote-unquote Christmas special. So just to, <laughs> just to cover the bases, this is uh, the Christmas special for the year 2020 because I have no idea when this is actually gonna release. <laughs> Okay, and yeah, happy I, 2020 to all of you people out there, and hoping for better for you in 2021. Yeah, that that's the cyber apocalypse of 2019 was rough, but we got through it. It, it really was, uh, mm. but the tide wars of 2019 was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, when yeah when they all mutated and yeah, oh. uh, n- nobody knew that was going to happen. No, no, everyone thought they were just going to die. Yeah, it was just a funny little challenge. Then all of a sudden, the mutants rose, and woof. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. I've, that's a good reference. Well done on that. But no, to give a very, <laughs> a very brief explanation of why the, the the gap has been so long is basically, we did that in September, which is just when I'd come back from university. So before things had got too busy, things then got busy, and then we decided, right, we'll do a Christmas special. But we then realised it's actually quite difficult to do a Christmas special at Christmas mm-hmm. because we're all busy and you're with family, yeah, and it's because it's Christmas yeah. time. Turns out, yeah, yeah, it's pretty antisocial to go. Oh, by the way, at Christmas, when all my family are around, I'm going to lock myself in a room for five hours. So yeah, we kind of realised you can't do a Christmas special at Christmas unless you do it like unless you plan it very well. So we're doing it now, and this actually won't have anything to do with Christmas at all. I nope. just felt it was. No, not really. But happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, happy belated holidays. Oh, happy Christmas from this coming year. It's only yeah. 11 months away. So that's, that's right. Fine. We just hit you up early. That's all. Yeah, yeah. How many other podcasts do that? Huh? Yeah, None. exactly. None. And it's like, some people might wait before what, before listening to this episode. They might wait until December of 2018. So we well, just... They shouldn't yeah. do that, because nothing we say is going to be relevant anymore. I like to think this podcast has a timeless quality, but... It does, but we do have a segment where we talk about the recent news. Yeah, that is, mm, that's true. Although, given the recent news, th- that story might change before this even comes out, so who knows? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the, the redundancy of some part of things we will discuss uh, is quite bad. It, it, it is, it is quite bad. Uh, but uh, anyway, starting off, what we've been playing, what we've been doing, this may shock you, Greg, but in the last four months, I've actually played some games and have no opinions. No kidding! Yeah, seriously. So I, I, that is, like, joking aside, that is kind of the one advantage of bigger gaps between episodes, that we all have time to play new things. Except if you're Greg, because I'm pretty sure you've been playing <laughs> Telltale's Batman for the past six months, but there we are. Well, they keep releasing episodes, and then I play them, and then Life is Strange releases episodes, and so I find myself, instead of getting involved in, like, a new, bigger game, I'm just yeah. waiting for the new episode of those games to be released, which, by the way, this coming week, I get the new episode of, of Telltale's Batman, so... Mm. The cycle is yeah. just going to keep continuing, but I've played new stuff. It's just that it's been, it's yeah, been drip fed to me. Content. Yeah, episodic content's the best thing that happened to a busy gamer. It really that is. is. Mm, that is true. But no, first of all, um, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, I... I am. I'm dying to hear your take on this. How is it? Well, okay. Well, obviously, you can see my notes, but I think 
it's it's a good game. It's I genuinely think, obviously, because a big thing with this game was Ubisoft kind of they put their hands up and said, right, we're taking a year off. We want to polish this. We want to make it better because they got a reputation of churning out these games and they were kind of suboptimal. Like in terms of sort of performance and the world, I think it's amazing. It's a stunning looking game. I love ancient Egypt as a setting. I think. It's 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 so diverse and their attention to detail is incredible and I think it's really interesting they've just announced this bit of DLC that was uh, planned from the start. I think it's called Discovery Mode, where it's basically an educational version of the game. It's kind of like an inter- interactive tour that will actually teach you kind of the proper history there, which I think is interesting because obviously it's fictional, but they base as much of it as they can in the, in the real historical setting. The biggest problem with Arnie Hafra is it doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. Like, from... Um, I'm mixing up my Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, from Unity and uh, Syndicate, the last two games, they'd kind of shifted to kind of more of an RPG uh, perspective and, and away from the stealth. And this game, I will say, they've... Um, They've completely uh, redone the combat, which I think, which I think is very welcome. And you, and you no longer, sorry, and you no longer have that situation of, despite the fact you're supposed to be a stealthy assassin in old games, you could take out groups of about thirty people, which never really made sense. Mm-hmm. I, I was always bothered that at the end of the first, I've only ever played the first two. Yeah. Which uh, we we've talked about on a previous podcast of mine that has yet to be released. But yeah, I've yes. I've only ever played the the first two. But I was yeah. I was very disappointed, especially at the end of the first game, where at, at the end of your stealth assassin game, you yes. have a big giant melee battle as as, as your mm. climax. And I just kind of thought that you missed the you missed the point on it. And so I one of those things I was really concerned of is is stealth yeah. going to make a comeback or not? It it kind of does, and it kind of doesn't like. The the weird thing is like this I this game pushes the RPG side of things a lot. There's skill trees and there's levels and stuff. So there's like occasional points where anyone that's played an Assassin's Creed game, you know the idea of you can sneak up behind someone and assassinate them. Whereas in this game, because everything is level based, you can go and assassinate someone, but if they're too high a level, it doesn't actually kill them and then you're drawn into combat and it's it's little things like that, and I think how the best... how does it how does it not kill them? Do they just survive the knife attack, or do they block yeah. it, or how does that work? Uh, well, I, I, I don't. I think I think the implication would they would survive it due to armor or something. But I think the best, <laughs> yeah. The best, right. way I can, <laughs> the best way I can describe this game, I think, is... And I don't think it's a bad game at all. I would say this is a really, really good open-world RPG. RPG action game, like the likes of The Witcher, Far Cry... Uh, those kind of things. Story's not fantastic, but I think it's better than most. But it doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. Like, I genuinely think you wouldn't have to strip off much, and it's not an Assassin's Creed game anymore. And I think, it, and it's also kind of the thing of, obviously, this is the furthest back in time they've ever gone, so they've actually retconned certain bits of the history as well, which I think is interesting and something I only realised actually after the fact. So yeah, if you want a big open-world game, like, I put a good 30, 40 hours in it, and I didn't do everything. Like, if you want a big open-world game, uh, I would definitely recommend it, as I did. It is a lot... It's a lot more polished than, um, the, I think, the last couple of entries in the series, so I don't worry too much about it there. I had the occasional uh, freeze and crash, but you get that with most, I think, big games, because they kind of work the system so hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, if you have any, like, questions or... 
I mean, I, I was just kind of looking for your impressions. I actually, I, I bought this game during the Xbox Christmas sale um, mm. because I had deluded myself to think that I would have ever, ever have the time to play it. Yeah. But I was at least deluded enough to get the season pass. So you're yeah. welcome, Ubisoft. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm, I love the idea of the big giant open world RPG. And, and that was in the year 2017, it was sort of the year of the giant big open world RPG yes. because we had a lot of really big ones come out that year. Mm. But I, I think given its success, I think you might see that that's sort of how Assassin's Creed goes from now on. And yes, as somebody who very explicitly did not get into Assassin's Creed because I had just finished Assassin's Creed 2. And then Brotherhood came out within months of me finishing the game, and I said, I'm just not – I'm not really in an Assassin's Creed mood anymore. I, I just finished one. I kind of need that year, and I'll jump back in. And that jump just never quite happened. Yeah. So, first of all, a game like this that goes all the way back, that's a good jumping in point for me because there's not a lot of history I need to remember. There might be some references to stuff that happens in the future, but nothing that – Yes. I, nothing I think I really need. Nobody's told me that I ever really needed to play the old games. And it, it, I, I like I like the setting. I think it's something new, so I'm not just doing the same thing over and over again. And it's it's something new in a way that I think works better than just... Uh, I, I, I love America, all right? I love America, but Colonial America is just not a great setting for an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It's one other minor bit of Assassin's Creed news I just want to mention. It's been announced in the last few days that Assassin's Creed Rogue is now getting a uh, PS4 and Xbox One uh, version. No kidding. No kidding. So for those who don't know, basically, Assassin's Creed Unity came out, and this was Ubisoft saying, look, at the time, we're moving over to what was the next-gen consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox One. But what they, what they did, however, is they released one last game on the last-gen consoles, which was Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is basically designed as a sequel to Assassin's Creed Black Flag, so it's very much focused around the ship combat, which, as I've said many times with Assassin's Creed Black Flag, not a great Assassin's Creed game, but a really great naval combat game. Mm. So now that kind of... Because when Rogue came out was kind of just the point where I was moving to a, a new-gen console, so I didn't really want to buy games for a console I wasn't going to be using, but now that they've kind of brought it out, I, I'm hoping they don't market that at full price, like if they brought that in, like I, I would pound, think thirty dollars. Yeah, thirty yeah. forty dollars. If uh, they did that, I mean, but I know they won't. Like, yeah. well, for Xbox which, One users, uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue has been backwards compatible for quite a time now. So, yeah, it, you can't you can't try to sell it to them for sixty bucks because no, you know no. they're just going to go to the backwards compatible one, which is twenty bucks. Yeah, so I am I'm quite tempted by that. Like it would it would it's not going to be a day one, but it's something I'm certainly tempted about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, secondly, this was kind of an on-the-whim purchase, because I was looking for something to buy, uh, is Worms, WMD. Uh, yeah, this is not your I... usual game. What what prompted this? Well, funny enough, even though I probably never mentioned it, I I do have a bit of history with Worms. I've always enjoyed them. It's it's just, it's an, it's one of those nice games that, if you've got a spare half an hour, and you don't want to go into a big open-world game or, or a story-driven game, that, yeah, they can have a bit of fun, but I think... The thing that this game reminded me, and that is true of most worm games, is the difficulty ramps up insanely. Like, you go through, you kind of breeze through the first half dozen, ten missions or something, you think, yeah, this is fun, this is the silly kind of stuff with all the stupid weapons, and then the difficulty spikes out of nowhere, and mm. I've, I, I've, I've put it down for now. But it's it's enjoyable, and yeah, it's just me wanting a little kind of pick-up and play. It was on sale on the PlayStation Store. 
And then the final game I've been playing is something that I was hyped for for ages. I got it, got it for Christmas. Uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Uh, it's a Lego game, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. It, it doesn't really change up the mechanics usually, but... Again, that doesn't bother me. Like I, Things like Lego games are games that you can kind of switch off and play. Great for listening to podcasts and stuff. And the quite cool one about this game is that kind of through the quote-unquote plot, they're able to bring together all the kind of alternative universes that exist in the Marvel world. So you have like five different versions of Spider-Man all interacting with each other. Like 2099? Yeah, you have like 2099, Spider-Man Noir... Uh, the the universe where Gwen Stacy is actually Spider Man and so yeah and it's just like if you enjoy like the if you enjoy the Lego games and their sort of humor then I I'd recommend it it's yeah oh that's pretty cool yeah it's just like yeah nothing new nothing groundbreaking but an enjoyable game and like I've played countless of the Lego games uh, and I I'm, I'm enjoying them immensely so it's uh, if 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 it's a kind of if it's a genre and a license that I that I like, I, I will normally pick them up. Um, and then lastly, I'm I'm going dis- to briefly discuss a controversial topic, though we are late to the party, and we will talk about it a bit later in community questions. But over Christmas, I went to go see The Last Jedi. Um, so what, is, what I, did you think of it? I, well, this is kind of my point, is that I think, in general terms, I think there seems to be kind of three groups of people that have criticisms of this film. You have, I've been reading, there is a small subset of slightly crazy uh, alt-right-wing people that hate the film because it is too diverse, uh, too multicultural, things like that. I actually read somewhere someone has made a 46-minute cut of this film that cuts out any scene with a woman in it, which is uh, just ridiculous. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to be pretty vindictive when yeah, you see a Star Wars think- movie and you fir- and you start, like, checking people off into their identity box and and keeping yeah. a tally but i, think, I just don't I think, see it yeah but i think there's i think there's kind of two fundamental areas that you can take and i'm kind of guilty of being part of both of them is i think you you can have i see the film as having problems as a star wars fan um i won't go into spoilers because it's quite a recent film but any of you that's seen it will know that kind of everyone came into this film with a lot of questions and quite a few assumptions about where this film was going to go um and then it didn't go in that direction, and a lot of people... Like, this has been really polarising, because a lot of people have said, oh, this is the fault of the fans because it proves that you shouldn't get too invested, you shouldn't overanalyze things. But it's like, I think there's general filmic problems. Like, I think we've often spoken about the film trope of Chekhov's gun, yep. where the, the key idea is that if you introduce something in a film, it has to, that you have to deal with it in that film. You shouldn't leave things dangling. Exactly. And given... And given the number of things that were introduced in Force Awakens that are then ignored or taken in a completely different direction, I think that's why... That's what that's the fundamental problem that annoys people, but it's just it's been kind of emphasised through Star Wars fans who've spent a year constructing theories. But I also think it has generic film problems. Like, a lot of people have said this, I genuinely do think it is too long. I think there are big elements of it that could be cut. So it's not... A, I think a lot of people have said this, I do want to watch it again at some point, because I, I came in, I didn't know any spoilers, but I came in knowing that it had been a really divisive film, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that coloured my judgement. Well, I'll say, knowing it was divisive definitely took away my my urge to go see it in the theatre. Yeah. So I I haven't seen it yet. Now, bear in mind, I'm, I'm a little behind. I only just recently, uh, within the last week, saw Rogue One. Okay. 
So I was I was behind, and I didn't want to see it until I saw Rogue One. Anyway, uh, Rogue mm. One actually I quite liked. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that. Like it's that suffered from the standard prequel problem of you knew how it was going to end. But I think yeah, it was. And there is a whole big thing that a plot point in Rogue One is directly tied into the Last Jedi as well. Yeah, that's what I've heard, which is why I wanted to see it because I've heard a little yeah. bit like pieces here and there, and I've heard that there's some. Some of the silliness in, in in the Last Jedi that I've kind of had to mentally prepare myself for, but yeah, I, know, I, I liked Rogue One. The uh, a lot of the complaints I heard about Rogue One were about the CGI. Yeah, but it, man, mm, after seeing mm. after seeing Justice League, man, that didn't bother <laughs> me at all. Not at all. Yeah, no, I've seen bad CGI. Then this was not. Yeah. This was so much more tolerable. Yeah, one thing I will say is I won't spoil it because A, the film is new, and B, Greg hasn't seen it. But for those people who have seen it, just by sheer chance, yesterday I saw that Ryan Johnson, um, the director, put out a series of tweets that is either the greatest troll in the world or he's kind of managed to successfully pull the wool over the eyes of all of us about kind of the most controversial aspect of that film that's made people the angriest of all. So yeah. If if you have seen the film, go back through Ryan Johnson's Twitter feed. It's a series of photos of him reading a book. Um, I won't say any more than that, and it's quite interesting what he's implying. I can't tell if he's joking because he doesn't put any captions or anything. So, but yeah. Um, wow, that's a tease. Know. That's a tease yeah. right there. Well, I'd really love to go into it, but I can't because I can't speak around it. Because even if I speak around it and don't be direct, as soon as like you go and see the film, you'll realise what I was speaking around, and it probably will spoil it. Yeah. And it's um, it's still technically in theaters, so it is, yeah, it is, which is impressive. Um, mm, but then I think I think a film like this was always going to have a long theatrical run. Yeah, well, I guess I'm just thinking in terms of Justice League, where it's already out of theaters and they've already announced the Blu-rays coming in March. So, ooh, damn, damn, yeah, that is, that is fast. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's mm. not a good sign. But we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, and one last thing is that it always occurred to me that I always say that we are ostensibly a technology podcast and we don't always talk about technology and i'm someone who is a, is a sucker for a gadget i will always buy uh, a random thing if i can justify it having a use for me and um i um i already own a pair, a pair of bluetooth headphones because i listen to a lot of podcasts and i hate wires and things but most bluetooth headphones that are quote-unquote wireless will have a wire that connects the the two headphones together right um so, so that it kind of it rests around your neck and it doesn't doesn't fly off but um, ever since Apple launched their AirPods, quite a lot of companies have launched what are considered truly wireless headphones that are literally just two earbuds that you put in your ear and they're Bluetooth and they talk to your phone. And I found a cheap uh, pair that, that had good reviews, so I've tried them out. And they're a bit hit and miss. Um, I think they might be a little bit too cheap in the sense that I'm not entirely sure they work properly. And if you look at the instructions, the uh, English translation is a little bit wonky. Yeah, gotcha. Went through Google Translate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, overall, they work. The only weird thing is, um, obviously, because they're two, they are two, sep- they are two s- separate earpods, they, in the eyes of any device, they appear as two separate devices, like if you're searching for Bluetooth devices as, as opposed to one device. Okay. And according, and according to the instructions, you can, um, you can get them to pair together on one device so that you'll get whatever you're listening to through both ears. Now, the weird thing is, is that if you look this up, these headphones can uh, work with iOS, work with Android, work with anything. I can get them to pair collectively on my iPod Touch, which is the one iOS device I have, but I can't do it on my phone. And because I'm pretty sure 
Android doesn't support the connection of two different Bluetooth devices simultaneously. Yeah, I so don't think pa- it does. So you you pair one earphone and it says, okay, it's fine, it's connected. And you say, okay, you found the other one, click pair, and it disconnects the other one. Huh. Which is kind, it's kind of annoying, but then, to be brutally honest, like... I tend to listen to podcasts and things when I'm cooking, and if I have two earphones in, I tend to ignore when people are around me, so it's actually not necessarily a bad thing that I've only got one in. No, like, I, I hear that, because I, w- I was thinking of getting one of these for work, because I have, right now, I got the two earbuds with the wire that connects them. Yeah. And and what I find that keeps happening is that I, I have to do something with that other earbud, because if I put it in my ear, I completely miss people who are trying to speak to me, yes. you know, in, in the natural course of my workday. And yeah. what I've been doing is I either will tuck it in one of the buttons of my shirt or I'll, like, kind of wrap it around my uh, my lanyard yeah. for my badge or something. And it just – it becomes mm. annoying because yeah. then I, now now I have something else pulling on my ear, which was exactly what I was trying to avoid. Yeah. Was that, that's what I was finding, that even though it's quite a short length of cable versus proper wired headphones, that it was getting annoying. And when I first got these, the other thing I was terrified about was, oh, God, it's going to fall out my ear and fall in the toilet or something. But for the time being, the ones I've got, I've had no had no problems with uh, with them. They stay in there very comfortable. No, one slightly odd, one slightly odd thing is that you see um, various different ways of doing this. Is that some of them, obviously, because they're quite small, um, the way you tend to charge them is they'll come in like a charging box that you put them in, and then you ch- and you charge it through that. And there are some where you can the charging box has a battery in it. So you charge up the box, and it will give you, like, two charges worth of charge to put in the headphones, and then you have to charge the box up. Whereas my ones are a little bit strange, and they don't explain this because the instructions aren't very clear, that you you can use the box that they come in as, like, a power bank for charging your phone, but it doesn't store power that will then charge the headphones, if that makes sense. Like, if you want to charge the headphones, you have to put them in the box and plug the box in. Which is kind of odd. Oh, uh, so so the box can charge your phone, but it can't charge the headphones. Yes, for some weird reason. That is that is odd. Yeah, but overall, like I said, the fact that I can't get them to work together is a little bit annoying. But to be brutally honest, like it probably taught me that when I'm around about, I should only really have one ear in because, like you say, you don't hear people, especially as headphone technology has got better and like noise cancelling has got better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on an airplane, great. But yes. uh, anywhere yes. else than an airplane, I, I need some sort of situational awareness. Yeah. I have small so yeah, humans that do depend on me for life. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, Greg, if you're interested, remind me after the show and I'll send you a link to the ones that I've Yes, ordered. please. Yes, I would like that. But yeah. Anyway, so we for the first time in like 46 episodes, I think we had a proper technology segment there. There we go. Hey, you're welcome, yes. everybody. There we are. That is a Christmas present from us. <laughs> anyway, Greg, what have you been playing? That's that was so sarcastic. It's just it's perfect. I, I didn't even I didn't even intentionally oh, come on. Read it yes, you quite did. yes, you did. Yes, you yeah, did. Yes, kind of. <laughs> All right, so it would have been less it, sorry. It would have been less sarcastic <laughs> if we were still recording this in December. But the fact it's almost the end of January, yeah, it's just like we we really can't do this Christmas thing. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. I love it, folks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> So I've been I've been playing the, the the same two games I've been playing for the last podcast too. I was yeah, but they had new episodes, so I actually I finished Life is Strange before the storm, mm. minus the bonus episode which comes out. When does that come out? Did, they just announced that. Yes, they did. I want to say March. Yeah, I want to say say March 
two. Because yeah, they announced the big like um, well, it's the deluxe edition that I thought was a physical release, but I'm not sure if it is. It was or really it... weird. They 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 mentioned the deluxe edition, and I bought that digitally. Uh, but yeah. they said there was something like it would co- there was like a a physical one that was going to have a vinyl on it, which could also come with it. But yeah, you, you well, can, yeah, because that's the yeah. thing. I saw like the big picture that was like explaining what you got, and it was like yeah, you got like a vinyl and an art book, like pretty standard stuff. But it had a weird thing that was like only available through Square Enix, whereas like most things with limited editions, you'll still see them in conventional stores. Yeah. So I'm I'll, not. I'll, in... I have seen the rise in the collector's edition where it's it it's all the physical stuff. But you don't yeah. get the game because most people want the game digitally these days. Or I shouldn't uh, okay. say most. I don't know the demographic, but a lot of people want it digitally these days. So yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, I like the game. Mm. Um, I won't go too deep into my thoughts on it because you haven't played it, and also because yeah, we, I, have a question, I, we have a question later. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just released. This will be fun. I uh, just uh, I, I was just on the Almost Better Than Silence podcast. It was just released yesterday. Uh, we did a yep. whole spoiler podcast on it. So. There is a yeah. place you can go to hear my full spoilerific thoughts yes. on the game over but at yeah, our actually, buddies said the Loosely Connected Network at Almost Better Than Silence. Too soon, too soon. Sorry, but no, and we, do ha- we, we do have a question from them about it, and I will kind of talk more generally. But the thing that's annoying me most is, as is well documented, they've announced this bonus episode that has the original voice actresses back. So I don't think I... There is a part of my soul that tells me I must play that. I also, but, um, I'm pretty sure you play as Max in that bonus yes, episode. Yes, yes, you do. I think the implication is, okay, very minor spoilers for the original Life is Strange, but it doesn't really spoil anything. I think it, you must, judging by the title and the setting, it, it must be the, like, five years before the original game where Chloe and Max, Max leaves, or Chloe leaves. Yeah, and that, that has think, to be it, because the, the entire premise of the original Life is Strange series was they just reconnected, which yeah, is not a spoiler, because it happens... 10 minutes into the first episode. Yeah. And the fact that this bonus episode, I think it's called Farewell. Like, that's pretty obvious. But yeah, it's just, yeah, the kind of nostalgic part of me just to see those those actresses back in those roles is like, mm, why can't you just let me buy just that episode? I just yeah. want that. Because you like, have to play as Chloe, Nick. But I did, it's not even real Chloe because they have to get a different voice actress in. She did a really, she did a really good job though. Yeah, and I suppose a lot, a lot of people have said that people's voices change as they get older so it's not completely out of the question that Chloe would sound different when she was younger although it's going to be kind of weird when like really young Chloe sounds exactly like old Chloe yeah. but middle Chloe yeah. had a different voice but I don't know yeah. puberty is a weird thing yeah but no, we will get I, I have kind of more thoughts but just for the sake of so we're not repeating ourselves I'll leave that to um the questions later on which we got lots of but yeah we'll get to that yeah good job so i've also been playing telltale's batman which is a good game of yep i it, it's it's really it's got to be your cup of tea i mean you know yeah. what you're getting with a telltale game yeah so, so you need to be ready for that and it's not a very traditional take on batman they have sort of reimagined a lot of aspects of of the mm. batman lore and a lot of the uh the villains especially their origins are not exactly what you would imagine you know they made uh some significant changes to the penguin okay i mean he's he's completely different you I, they've never had a penguin sort of like him before he 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 almost seems inspired by the the one on gotham and then they took yes. that in a different direction rather than even starting at you, you know burgess meredith mm. danny devito penguin yeah 
I do, yeah, I, I've, I've heard mentions that, he, that at the very least, even in his visual appearance, he's quite similar to the, the Gotham iteration. Yeah, he's he's a thinner dude, so yeah, you're not you're not going to get you know the 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 short roundish penguin. Yeah, but they they did some other stuff. Riddler was a little different. They they retweaked Harley Quinn's origin, okay. which I'm actually for because one one of my biggest critiques of Harley Quinn is I like her as a character, but. By the nature of the character, her origin is so intrinsically tied into Joker that she can't ever really be an on-her-own entity because you yes. always have to have the Joker involved somehow to bring her about. Mm. And so what I'm what I'm really liking is is the, the way the story goes now, and, and these are sort of minor, minor spoilers for the last season, but the Joker is in the games, but he's not introduced as the Joker. I mean, when you see him, you know who it is. He's got white skin and green hair. It's the oh, Joker, okay. but he's not the Joker per se. He's he's really he's also very low key, and he's he's not. He, he it's it's like a different character, but you know who he's going to be because yes. he has white skin and red hair. You know, you know, you you know where this is going. Yeah. And they introduced in the new season Harley Quinn, and they've redone her origin story so that she's not, she's not responsible, or she, I, Joker's not responsible for her. She she okay. has a new origin story where she can exist even though the Joker hasn't been properly introduced yet, and and I like that, and I think it works. Mm. Now they're they're still you know, Harley Quinn and the Joker. If they're in the same game, they're going to be intrinsically tied in with each other. But just yeah. that her origin exists in such a way that it's not dependent on the Joker. You know, you, yeah. you get out of some of the uh, the trap falls that Suicide Squad fell into. Hmm. So anyway, so that's that's what I've been playing. Yeah. Now, th- there, some of the yeah, choices I, get a little I, arbitrary. Yeah, I, can't, I can't kind of, I don't have a huge amount to comment on because I've never touched a Telltale uh, game in my life. And my Batman knology is not terrible, but not brilliant. So I don't have a huge amount to, to really comment on. Well, the nice thing about the the Telltale's Batman is they've done so much different with the the Batman mythos that having a history is not really that that beneficial for the for the player because you, yeah. you're not you're not going to get an awful lot out of the history. They've they've changed quite a bit about how how they present Batman and how they present his allies and how they present his his enemies. So you you can you can learn other stuff and 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 you, yeah. you sort of have to get on board with it. But uh, Telltale and and Life is Strange did this a little bit too, but Telltale's a little more guilty, is they very much go out of their way to try to manufacture a a difficult choice. And and so in order to do that, they telegraph it so much that you can see it coming, and they basically, they give you this, oh no, who are you going to pick, this one or this one? We just made them both very compelling. Mm. And and the bottom line is, I've played enough Telltale games to understand that choice is an illusion. And yeah. you know, it's no matter what I choose, the basics are just going to play out the exact same way. So mm. I'm I'm never really truly in a bind. And in, in terms of you know, well, what would Batman do? I'm like, well, Batman, much like Chloe, has a certain way that he would always do things, even if it's destructive later down the line. You know, it's like. Yeah, he's Batman. He's going to do certain things certain ways, regardless. And so I just kind of pick what I think Batman would do. And they're like, "But what if this happens and this person as a result?" I'm like Batman wouldn't think of that. Batman would do yeah. what what his moral code would tell him to do in the right now, and then deal with the other stuff later. 
Yeah, and the chaotic nature of both Batman and Chloe is precisely why Max is the best. Max is the worst, and I think she's the worst person uh, ever. I would say, yeah, yeah. Deep breaths. <laughs> I'm, I'm a child of Coast. history. I, I, I understand there have been some pretty bad people, but I think Max is the worst. <sighs> Moving on. Christmas. All right, so then Christmas That's time. burn notice. Yeah, Christmas yeah. and burn notice. Those are the other two things that have been the, the big plays of my time. So as I've discovered a, a, a little small pockets here and there, to do stuff in my spare time where you think I'd be playing games or watching any of the shows that I've been dying to see and have not seen yet, like Luke Cage or mm. Black Lightning. I have instead been rewatching Burn Notice for probably the fifth or sixth time because yeah. I like Burn Notice. And it's one of those shows where once it catches me, I just all I want to do is watch the next episode. So I'm, yeah. I'm currently in, in the Burn Notice vortex. And once I'm finished with that, then I'll probably get mm. to Luke Cage. Yeah, as I mentioned on Twitter, I came very, very close to chastising Greg properly for going back into Burn Notice, but then realised I'm rewatching Doctor Who for about the 27th millionth time, so I can't really comment. And I will also say, tangentially, um, I'm watching The Punisher. Uh, I didn't particularly want to discuss it because I had kind of a weird thing of I've watched about half of it, but I kind of watched it all before Christmas, and then in kind of the two months I was off over Christmas, I haven't had a chance to watch it, and it's kind of, I keep meaning to get back into it, but I get distracted by other things. So, yeah, when I finished uh, The Punisher, which, judging by how infrequently we release episodes, it probably will happen by the time we next have an episode. I'll talk about it properly there. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully I will be able to watch it by then, but I yeah. have... At the at yeah. the very least, I'm glad to see more of John Bernthal. He, he is insanely talented as The Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, like, I won't spoil it, but yeah, there's just, even in just episode one, there is just a scene... That sold it to me, and I was just like, "Yes, he's back!" Like that's that's oh, all that's I needed. Good. That's what I need to hear. I need to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, onto news. Um, these first two stories, <laughs> I'm going to kind of conflate and say together because I'm going to put. I'm just going to. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to read out a note that uh, Greg put on the show notes. Sure. Uh, these both relate to uh, Greg, uh, uh, to Greg, to Ben Affleck, uh, whether or not he's going to play Batman. And Greg put a little comment saying. Because having both stories highlights how ridiculous this has become. Seriously, at this point, I could do a full podcast just on Ben Affleck rumors. Um, I, I, so we, I could honestly, like hmm. when I when I started doing Hero Bites, one of the big things that that kept coming up is that we would spend a good twenty minutes every episode just talking about the latest Ben Affleck rumors, and every single yeah. month there are new. Ben Affleck rumors, and it just so happens that in the week leading up to this episode, we had yeah. two similar yet wildly conflicting Batman Ben Affleck rumors that came out, and yes. I'm just shaking my head saying, this is just a story that won't... I just want someone to make a decision. Yes. So yeah, the two stories that we'll link to if we get into it properly is that some people have said that Suicide Squad 2 will be Ben Affleck's last appearance as Batman, and yet there are other sources that say uh, the Flashpoint film that they're doing, the Flash uh, solo film, will be Batman's last appearance, yeah. or Ben Affleck's last appearance, I should say. I mean, and, uh, and, and I, these these aren't even all the rumors that that came no, out. No, not at all. No, yeah, there, there was I, the I, whole Ben Affleck turned down directing Flashpoint. There's rumors that Jake Gyllenhaal is already ready to step in and be the new Batman. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I like, I like Ben Affleck as Batman. But if he's this done that these rumors can be circling around and thrive, then just yeah. let him go. Let him go. Yeah. Don't hold him back anymore. I have little uh, DC interest, so I put these in more for Greg's benefit. Although I am, <laughs> when I get some when I get some free time, I really want to watch Wonder Woman. 
Wonder yes. Woman was a very good movie. Very, very good, good film. And it has I like her theme music so much that just I will watch it just for that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm really impressed that that because in the new movies they did not do very well with theme music for yeah. and Man of Steel's music is good, but it's very generic. I've 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 said before, I've heard ice hockey teams use it just yeah. for some generic background music that sounds epic. <laughs> And that's yeah. that's a fact. I've 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 seen that happen on on sports TV, and yeah. the new Batman theme for this new set of movies was so generic that when Danny Elfman took over Justice League, he just used his own theme from the 1980s. Okay, and it's like to be brutally honest, I don't think in terms of superhero films that Marvel is fantastic for theme music. No, I no, still, they aren't either. I'd still maintain one of their perhaps the best or the better bits of music is the original kind of Avengers main theme. Yeah, that's that's quite good. The, but the overall, trick is, if someone you have to it has to be recognizable, and yes. if it's not, if I can hear the music and I don't know what it is, or I say this sounds kind of marvelly, but I don't know who it is, that's a yeah. problem. You've you've missed the mark. And with mm-hmm. a lot of the new music, they had missed the mark. But there is no mistaking the Wonder Woman music. When as, oh, as no, soon as the no. first the the first bow hits the cello, you're like, uh oh, yeah, I know what's happening here. You guys, watch out. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Oh, minor thing. Have you seen Spider-Man: Homecoming? I did. I just I just recently saw Spider-Man: Homecoming, actually. Because um, I will say I do like the little bit of music they do at the beginning where they mix the original '60s Spider-Man uh, music with the kind of Marvel Studios fanfare music. Yes, I that, I, I appreciated good, doing I like. that. I I don't yes. I don't know if they're going to do that all the time because I also saw Guardians of the Galaxy two. I saw them back to back. And yeah. it felt like they tried to do that a little bit with the Guardians music. Yeah. Well, I I, wonder, I think I kind of more felt with it in Homecoming. It was kind of a wink and a nod to the audience to say, look, Spider-Man and Marvel are finally together. Like, Yeah. And and I appreciate I, I appreciate that. But, you hmm. know, and, and I, I get when you want to say Spider-Man recognizable theme songs, that 60s yes. music is pretty hard to get away from. Um, yeah. Not everybody was as big a fan of the 90s Fox cartoon as I was. Oh, is that is that the one with loads of electric guitar in it? Yeah, that was one of the electric yes. guitar. I think Stephen Perry from Aerosmith yeah. might have done that theme, and I love that theme song, but that one doesn't get as many throwbacks as some of the others do. Yeah, it is the most like nineteen nineties thing in the world. I Just... yes, yeah, I can't argue that it is, but mm. it's it's, but, yeah. it's fun to see. And again, that that's the problem with Spider Man is that it's. It, 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 he has this memorable song from the '60s that you can't really get away from, and Wonder Woman, to a certain extent, she has memorable music from the '70s. That's kind of hard to get away from. But I figure if Batman yeah. could get away from his memorable '60s theme, then Wonder Woman certainly could get away from her '70s theme. Mm. But uh, yeah, see, I don't know. I said I don't know if he's been on the Batman thing, but we've. It's been a. I think it's been in the last few episodes. I feel we kind of we've reached the point if we have an obligation to talk about where this mess of a franchise is going. I I, I, I love Affleck. He just just he just needs to leave at this point. The the rumors yeah. are hurting everything and everybody. Yes. If if you're not going to come out and say I'm all in, I'm not going anywhere. If you can't say that, and he won't, he keeps saying things like, "Well, I need to see a script," and I don't know. And it was no, just leave. If you're not all in, just leave and let somebody else, uh, preferably not Jake Gyllenhaal, but I'll accept it. I heard John Hamm really wants to play Batman, and I've decided now I really need to see that in my life. Yeah, Mm. bulk up a bit, a a touch, but yes. I'm I'm sure he could. I mean, I've I've seen actors bulk up quite a bit to play Batman, so I'm I'm sure he would. But if you've already established that Batman needs to be sort of an older Batman, 
Well, yeah. then the sky's the limit in terms of actors you can pick now. Or bring back Michael Keaton because he's proven being the vulture that he can still he can do a villain. So that's you know Michael Keaton is a very very talented actor and people forgot that for a brief period of time and it's nice to see yes. nice to see that come back and everyone remembers oh yeah this guy is actually really good yeah he was My menacing kind of, as yeah. vulture i w- i was oh, getting God, a little yeah. scared mm. yeah mm. yeah yeah but no, my kind of last comment on this is I'm pretty sure the reason why this problem has happened is that uh, Ben Affleck grew a moustache and um, he refused to shave it off and Warner Brothers won't pay for CGI moustache removal again. Oh. So uh, I don't I don't know funny. what they paid for the I don't I don't want to knock the people who did the, the CGI because they're probably very talented, but I'm sure they were given a very, very unforgiving deadline. Yeah. And what we saw as I've... a result was scary bad. I've not even seen any pictures of it. I'm just aware of it because the entire internet was like, what, what have you done? It, 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 I mean, it was so obvious, Nick. And it was the the very first shot of the film. Oh. It was the first shot of the film. You got to see CGI lip Superman. And that oh, just, it, just, it just set the tone. And so anytime Superman's on screen, I'm not even paying attention to what he's doing. I'm just staring yeah. at his upper lip. And I, that was – you can do really good CGI. They could have yeah. – if they were given the proper time and budget – they easily could have fixed it to the point where nobody would have noticed or they would have barely noticed. But this yeah. this felt like on on a tight, unforgiving schedule and on a budget. And it certainly looked like it. And I just I hope they fix it for the Blu-ray. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, this next bit of store, uh, news actually about video games. Tangent. <laughs> tangentially, surprise, surprise, as opposed to any about films, like literally everything else we're discussing today. But no, Nintendo, in one of the most left-field things I think I've ever seen, uh, announced an entirely new thing uh, called Labo. It's an, it's an accessory for the Nintendo Switch. And what they basically are is uh, cardboard kits that you kind of you fold up in a certain way and then you put in elements of the Switch and they do things. Um, so there's various ones. They they released a trailer. So there's one where you make a little cardboard piano mm-hmm. uh, with working keys and everything, and then you slot the um, the switch uh, in a little gap at the top, and it works like a piano. And um, and yeah, things like that. Like no one could have seen this coming. Like there was a little bit of back and forth between kind of our kind of Twitter podcasting community, and I was kind of like, this isn't aimed at me, but I applaud Nintendo for doing something different, like just being the kind of left field part of the games industry. It, it's, it's different. I, I'm so here, here's where I, I came from because I saw this thing and I immediately thought, well, I'm never going to be into this. So as I'm watching the reveal, I call my, my four year old over so that she can watch it. Cause now I figure I can actually get a relevant opinion from yes. the target audience. Hmm. And she watched it and she thought it was pretty cool. So yeah. if, if you're going for kids, my, my four year old for whatever that's worth, thought it looked neat and, and thought it was something that she'd want to do. But yeah, as as we're at that age now where playing with cardboard boxes is a fun thing to do, I can say yeah. very decisively that if I were to spend 60-some dollars on one of these cardboard boxes, it would not yeah. last longer than a week before it was absolutely destroyed, and I would feel that yes. was a waste of $60. So yes. you're in this – it's a very specific demographic that they're shooting for because you need to be young enough to think that the cardboard accessories are cool but old enough to be gentle enough that you can actually have them last long enough to be worth yes. the price point. And I'm, I yeah. don't I, – I don't see that happening in my household and as mm. I'm – a gamer with young kids if i can't find the use for it i don't know like yeah I, those I were the two things that, yeah those are the two things that stuck out for me is that even if for a moment you take out 
the cost of a switch anyway. Okay, so you might be in a situation where hypothetically you own a switch and you share it with your children. But yeah, it's hugely expensive. They're about um, sixty, yeah, sixty seventy dollars, about sixty uh, sixty pound over here for the majority of the kits. And I also wondered, like, okay, they're not hugely complicated, but if they're aimed at kids, like, they'd probably have to do that with adult supervision. Like, there looked to be some complex kind of folding and stuff. Right. And I couldn't just hand that to to a four-year-old no, no, and no, say, hey, no, fold this up. No, she would, she would get it completely wrong. I would have to do yeah. all of the folding. And it looks like there would be several hours worth of folding. And, like, the big giant robot yes. one. Mm. And some of them, like, had, like, some complex pulley systems inside. The, yes. So... Mm. I don't know. I, the, yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I didn't reach out to him, and I, and I really think I should because I'm very interested, and I haven't seen him post anything. But Mike from Video Game Generations, yes, I think he is kind of going to be the perfect test bed, right? For this. Because he's, I mean, his, uh, his, his two youngest are, I think, nine years old, so that mm. that feels like they're right in the sweet spot. So I would be interested if they had any interest in it because if they didn't, yes. if if his kids don't want it, then I don't see anybody wanting it. No, no. Although, yeah, I just, I just realized I shouldn't um, take the more high ground when it comes to cardboard folding because I've just remembered at the age of about, oh, I don't know, 18 or so, I got myself a Google Cardboard and I couldn't I couldn't do the folding. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like, yes, fine, I, I don't have brilliant um, hand-eye coordination and fine motor skills, but still. So cardboard folding is hard, damn it. You're a gamer. How do you not have hand-eye coordination and small motor skills? I, well, that's the not, precise people i've i've known doctors that tell kids to play games specifically so that they would get better at those well i think i yeah i think you're half right i wouldn't be, i wouldn't be surprised if playing games has improved them but given that mine are compromised anyway like yeah even with the advantage of video games i'm probably still at 70 80 percent of most people fair fair point so yeah I, I, you probably are right that yeah, it probably it does help quite extensively. But yeah, like I get really, I get really bad hand cramp if I play games for too long. Oh, really? Yeah, terrible. But like I'm, I, I always hate really long boss battles because I just get really tense oh. and really worked up. And yeah. So like, anyway. it, it would is mouse and keyboard easier uh, on your hands? Um, no, not really because oh, this is this is I'm, who wants an insight into my life and how I play games? Well, no, because I um I struggle to get my both my hands to work independently. Okay. So, like, if I'm concentrating using a mouse, I will quite often, even if I've got, say, my fingers hovering over the arrow keys, I'll inadvertently press a button that I didn't mean to. Okay. So even though I haven't, even though I haven't done PC gaming in years because I don't have a proper PC, but yeah, so the, like consoles are the best option for me. But like, that's why I never want to play. Like, I have no desire to play Dark Souls because I don't think I have the, the skill to do it. Like, I or know the that's patience a hard for game. it, quite frankly. Yeah, I know that's a hard, like, I know that's quite unquote hard game for a lot of normal people, but I think even in my case, it's just like, no, I, that would just, that would just be an exercise in making myself angry. Like, mm -hmm. okay. So, yeah. yeah, you know, that's a random insight into my life. There if we anyone go. really care, if anyone really cares, I can give you a proper explanation, but it's not very interesting. But no, this last bit of news is probably my favourite bit of news. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I, I think, I feel John is going to take the mickey out of me for this a lot. But, um,. They uh, another trailer for the Tomb Raider film came out, which I didn't realize came out in March. I thought it came out at the end of the year. Oh, that's I mean, coming out in March. Like that's coming out. I, very I know. Oh, yeah. I need to. I thought it was I, like I thought it was like October twenty eighteen. Yeah. I like, no, it's okay. March. I need to find a babysitter. Yeah. So much. Yeah. I will. I will fly out and we'll watch it together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're more than welcome. Uh, mm, well. Mm. Depends in March. I'm kind of in Barcelona or something. <laughs> Fun fact. Everyone. You, you travel Europe so much. It's unbelievable. It's, 
Well, I travelled once in the last year, and that's the first time I've travelled in about 10 years, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you're also young and single, and so you can just go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to go. That is true. That is true. But um, but no, so anyway, to get back to the matter, Howard, yeah. And this looks amazing. Alicia Vikander looks amazing in the role. I think she's nailed it completely. Yeah, so I, I just, just just watched the trailer right before recording, yeah. and I mm. was I was just in amazement about how good it looked, and just about in general, as a fan of Angelina Jolie and by extension a fan of Angelina Jolie's movie, and looking at this purely from the movie aesthetic, yes, I felt this was this was perfect in terms of trying to shift it so that you're not seeing a remake, but you're seeing something new. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that yeah. it's interesting that they've merged elements from the first two games. So it's primarily like the setting of the first game, but with the villain from the second and and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's it's it, uh, it just it, I really like how they've they've managed the Laura Croft character in in the recent years, and this is just yes. this is just the the next step in managing the character, and which is they've done brilliantly, and I, I'm I'm happy to see them do it because yeah. it was a, it was a character before that was a little too cheeky, winky, winky, and yes. you know, and it was somewhat controversial in, in the ways it did it and that some people thought it it was great to have you know the, the the female lead and some people thought yeah but when she's got giant pointy boobs it's not really that empowering yeah. is it so no it's no. kind of nice to see well why don't we just instead of trying to always be that character and trying to alter it why don't we just sort of re-envision it as as yes. it would probably work better and mm. maybe just let go of the cheekiness, and it's still there. You can still play those games, yeah. but th- yeah. just some mm. just something new with the character, which I, it happens all the time with with these major characters. Batman yes. has been re envisioned so many times. I mean, people kind of forget that he was really dark, then he was super campy. Now he's kind of dark yeah. again, but still not as dark as he originally was. So you know, it's yeah. you can do that, and, and it's, it's nice to see that happen with this character. Yeah, and I really like the rugged kind of edge to it, like. I was thinking kind of she reminded me kind of a bit of the the Daniel Craig James Bond in the sense of those those are people that I wouldn't want to be in a room with because I'm pretty sure they could take me out like most people probably could but they really feel like someone that they could just do severe damage with their bare hands and you're not getting out of there alive like I think they've they've really really nailed the kind of rugged edge to her yes. character that this new iteration has. Abs- absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think that's that's an important thing to have because. It's it's yeah. a it's a big part of what makes the character compelling to play as. It, yes. Whereas you know Laura Croft before she would raid tombs and then shoot everything she found and yep. then steal some treasure and she was really less tomb raider and more grave robber and I guess yep. more or less the same thing. But I was I was not getting the explorative or explorative archaeologist vibe from her. More I was getting the uh, mercenary. Yeah. Soldier of Fortune yes. vibe. It was really, it's kind of odd. Mm. You know, she climbs up, she'll do like some crazy wacky handstands just because, and then yeah. she'll find that dinosaurs are still alive on Earth and then proceed to kill them all. Yeah. It's funny, I was watching some footage of the most recent game and I saw a funny thing that I'd not noticed. So there's one level where there's like a, there's a tiger or something in it or some like a somewhat rare animal. Yeah. And, it, and if you kill it, you get an achievement called Was That Really Necessary? Which I thought was quite good. Huh. But um, yeah, I, I um, want to say it was maybe a, a saber tooth tiger or something. Or... Yeah, it's someone like that. Yeah. But um, I had I had one other point I wanted to make and it's escaping me. Um, it'll come back to me. 
but yeah, I'm I'm su- I'm super excited. I think she gets the role perfectly because like I know a lot of people were in contention for that when when it was announced that they were making this film, and but no, I think I, I think she she could do it very well. I agree. I agree. I when I see her, I see Laura Croft. Yes, and yes. that's that's the important part. Where it was that was a challenge for Angelina Jolie is because it's very hard mm. with an actress who's as uh, profoundly influential as Angelina Jolie that when you see her, you don't just see Angelina Jolie as yes, and and you like need a... to be able to see the character when you see them on screen. And I yeah. I think when I when I when I see this movie, I see Laura Croft. Yeah, because I think I think it helps. Like Alicia Vikander has been in uh, quite a few kind of big movies. But she's not in that phase where she's kind of everywhere. So I think they've kind of... Yeah, we're at that right point where it's a big-name actress, but you don't have that problem of, I'm just seeing her as a person and not the character. Right. I'm really annoyed. I had, I had one other good point, and it's completely... I'm sure it was point. very compelling. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it was. But no, yeah, I'm super excited. Genuinely, probably, like, would you happily see the opening weekend? Me and Greg were having an interesting discussion about film posters... If they do a cool one, I probably would buy it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited for that. And I, I th- obviously, not too long ago, the fact that Square Enix announced that they are working on the third game, so I'm very excited about that as well. So, yeah. Now, is, is it is it going to be a trilogy? Did I did I hear that right? I, did, I haven't read the report uh, yes. yet, but I heard like it's sort of they're kind of trying to wrap up yes. as a trilogy. Yeah, and, the rumor, and the rumor is it will be called uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Okay. Because basically, because basically, months and months ago, I think we even talked about it on this podcast. Uh, someone sh- like was on a train and screenshotted a PowerPoint presentation that seemed to have Shadow of the Tomb Raider written at the top, and then in the announcement tweet that Square Enix put out, if you took the first letter of every sentence, it spelled out Shadow. So people are pretty sure that that's what. It's <laughs> yeah, Man, pe- so people, people do sure some Da Vinci that- Code level stuff here yeah. when they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, bad on the studio for you know not. The first yeah. letter of every word is actually not that hard, so you know no. it's not like they said. Well, and it's like you can you can normally tell when people have done that because they'll have to change the like the way they would talk to get the right letters at the beginning of a sentence. So you end up looking at it thinking, no one writes like that. Yeah, that's a very awkward sentence, and so then you start looking. Yeah, well, yeah. A Shadow of the Tomb Raider is mm. a very good title, so they would even yeah. if that wasn't in the plan. Once that became rumored, that should have just become the plan. Mm. Although I've, I've said about this many times, I still think they should have flipped the titles of the first two games around. Surely Rise of the Tomb Raider should have been the first one, as kind of her character develops, and then she becomes the Tomb Raider, yeah. and then and then a third one. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I've moaned about that. Sort, so sort of like uh, like a Batman Begins and then the Dark Knight. Yes, and then exactly. the Dark Knight Rises, is, we're not going to talk about that title, that was kind of silly, but... No. Yeah. The uh, but yeah, it's it, you know it's like I I kind of liked how they said well Batman begins and now this one how he's just the Dark Knight. Yes, yeah, like it, 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 in a very broad sense, it's showing that the character is finally adopting the persona that we know them for. Yeah, and 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 I agree. Although I mean, I get why they did it marketing reasons. Everyone knows the game is Tomb Raider, so you have to say Tomb Raider. Yes. But when the yes. second one is Rise of the Tomb Raider, I feel like so. Then what was I doing this whole last game? Yeah. Uh, Greg, you want some good news? I just remembered what my point was. Oh, what was your point? Well, basically, I obviously video game movies in general have had a bad rap, and it's difficult to say what kind of would make a good video game movie. But I was really impressed just in that trailer the number of things that are direct pulls from the game. Oh yeah. So you've got yeah. like the jumping off the boat, the falling out of that downed aircraft. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, the jumping at the wall with the axe right at yeah. the end uh, of and it's the, like, the oh, river. I, I specifically, yes, you know, when she's hanging yes. off the wing at the at the end of the the waterfall. I think, well, that's yeah. I mean, that was a scene right yeah. from the game, right there. Yeah, and exactly, it's like you don't want a film that is basically the cutscenes from the game. But there are some video game films that barely that are so tangentially linked to their source material that you kind of think, well. And I think it helps that because these games are so cinematic that you can quite easily mirror this stuff in in film. Yeah, but to to not take elements from the film for this would be I mean, you don't you don't want to go the Mortal Kombat route where you're sort of tangentially no. related or no, and and you also don't want to go the you can't always survive the Street Fighter route where you make it so cheesy and campy that it becomes its own entity. Yeah. And so sometimes cool, you just yeah. got to be faithful and and oh, let's not even mention Doom. Oh, Doom. Nope. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> anyway, we will move on to our community questions. We've got a load of them, which is, again, that's the other advantage of not podcasting very often, is that all you guys seem to come out of the woodwork and give us questions. But um, one thing I want to touch on, a kind of community broadly, is this is something that now is quite old news, but by the time of our last um, episode didn't exist, I don't think. So our very good friends over at the No Time for Time Travel podcast have created a uh, a brilliant uh, network of podcasts called The Loosely Connected. Uh, they're on Twitter as at the loosely CNCTD. Uh, they're an amazing bunch of people. We're part of it. It's a huge kind of collection of um, kind of all the podcasts that are in kind of our kind of self like podcast kind of bubble sort of thing so just to run you through quickly it's us it's one track gamers it's no time for time travel it's the one track punk show it's almost better than science and almost better than dragons it's enthusiasts it's the sword chomp eh, sword chomp podcast uh one track gamers uh talking crass who i want to give a special mention to because i just got into their podcast because they kept popping up on my feed and i actually went to start listening to them they're a great bunch of guys they uh they're a film podcast mm. kind of like hero talk uh, yeah. run by two brits really great guys uh, thoroughly recommend it so, if you're not already listening to them yeah i just quick shout out for them they do make a great podcast i do not listen specifically because they are so similar to hero talk i don't yeah. i don't really want to step on their toes and i also don't want to accidentally take some of their points and incorporate them into my it's yeah we're so similar i don't want to copy them so i specifically yeah. don't listen but i did listen once to, in order to get that impression and yes. they are a very good podcast so if you yes. are not associated with the hero talk podcast then you absolutely should be listening to the both of us Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, so all of these guys, they're great people, and credit to Tony specifically because through some technical wizardry, he is basically able to follow all of our feeds. So anytime any of us post anything new, um, it goes up through their Twitter account as well. So thank mm. you so much. It's it's really nice to kind of solidify this kind of sort of unofficial network that we've had into something a bit more formal. Yeah. And I just, I can only apologize for not being as active. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much, Tony. It's very appreciated. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, so on to our actual questions. Starting off, we have uh, Almost Better Than Silence. I'm assuming this is Doug, because I'm not I'm sensual. He's the one that controls this account. He says, where have you been? Ha ha, yeah, we explained that. Yeah. <laughs> on, a more serious, on a more serious note, uh, what are Nick's thoughts on Life is Strange Before the Storm? We have Greg's input airing tomorrow. That's not strictly true. The episode's already out. Um, but yeah, so kind of what I was alluding to earlier, what are my thoughts on Life is Strange Before the Storm? I... Um, I initially, when it was announced through the confusion of there being two Life is Strange games in development, I was initially kind of on board and I was like, I wanted to get involved in this and I actually wanted to get involved with this episodically and kind of be there as the community developed, which I didn't get with the original Life is Strange because I played it once it came out completely, so kind of a lot of the thing had died down. Mm -hmm. 
but it's 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 an odd thing of I I feel, I feel bad saying, but it's an it's a part of that universe that I'm not that interested to see. So obviously, without we won't spoil it. But the general precedent is it goes into the past of the characters of Chloe and her friend Rachel, who, again, without spoilers, anyone that's played Life is Strange knows what's happened to Rachel, and kind of so it, I understand why, and that's kind of a logical filling in of the gaps. But it's it's, it's not something you're interested in, and I think. To me, there's kind of a nostalgic element that, to some extent, Life is Strange is a very self-contained thing. And in this kind of, with media these days, everything gets sequels and everything gets expanded and gets more and more and more and more. And I like the fact that Life is Strange is just a really nice self-contained thing. And obviously, okay, yes, I know the franchise is expanding, but they're kind of, they're leaving, to some, to most degree, Max and Chloe's story alone. And I kind of, I don't want... To taint that, I would rather just keep the original game as an experience. But um, as we kind of, um, as we alluded to, um, the fact that they have now announced this bonus episode uh, that will have Max in it and it's bringing back all the original voice actresses is pulling me back in to want to play it. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you should play. I think your opinion of Max will definitely not be as high after playing it. You you you, you says, might still you, you might still not like Chloe. I yeah. mean, I get it. Cl- mm. Chloe is Chloe, and this was Chloe, and it was a, a younger Chloe too. So you know that might be more annoying. Yeah. I don't know, but I I yeah. I was I was not a fan of Max or Chloe after the first game. It, it's, it's very odd. I I even made reference to this in in the ABTS episode that it's unusual for me that I could play a game and dislike every single character in the game, and then still really love the game. Especially for yes. like a narrative story based game, that's just unusual. But mm. but I did. That's just that was just the dynamic and what it was. So when I walked into yeah. Life is Strange Before the Storm, I did not think very highly of Chloe, and I was very apprehensive about a game in which she was featured as the main character. And I didn't think yeah. that great about Max, but I I really kind of wanted Max to be there because it felt like Max was Life is Strange. Yeah. After the first episode. I thought less of Max, and I didn't ever want to play as her again because I think she's the worst. And I thought better of Chloe, and it, I actually kind of see where Chloe's coming from now. And I think I, yeah. I have a bit more empathy for Chloe's situation than I did when I played the original games, and she was just a support character. Yeah, I think I think the the reason I I rate Max so highly, and I think it's my own fault, is that when I played the game, I kind of I dive so far into the community and, and things around it that, like, I... I don't know, I almost can't struggle to disassociate Max the character and Hannah Tell the actress. Having l- listened to a lot of interviews with her, it's interesting that that it's... I think there is a lot of her in that character. Mm-hmm. And so it is quite difficult to disassociate the two. But, uh, yeah. That's... I, yeah, I may play it, like... If if the, the if the deluxe edition is out in a proper format, um, I may get it, and I could end up loving it. I could end up being ruined emotionally like the last time. But like, I will say that whatever the, whatever the quote unquote season two of Life is Strange turns out to be, whether whether it's a completely new game, different mechanics, same mechanics, different people, whatever it turns out to be, that is something that I will jump on day one because I'm curious to see what the proper developers do. Because I've said this countless times, but I think a lot of people don't realise that before the storm is made by a completely different studio. Yep. 
I think, I think, I think they're called Deck Nine. I think that's what they're called. I, I like cannot that. remember. So, yeah, Don't Nod did the like, original, like and this was yeah. this was somebody else entirely. Like, yeah, even like, since Performance Store was coming out, I've still seen people mixing up the fact. It's like, no, this isn't Don't Nod. This is a separate thing. Don't Nod are doing something else that they haven't announced. Um, but yeah, so yeah, those are my kind of views, but that could well change. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have uh, Pat Johnston, uh, friend of ABTS and also part of the Melting Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first asks if Professor X campaigned for president, who would be his running mate? And I think I don't have a straight answer because I think the problem with Professor X is that because he's got like mind powers, he could just convince. Well, he wouldn't even have to contest the election; he could just brainwash everyone to vote for him. Like, but, but he Professor- would because he's because he's he's a he's a good guy, and he would never do that. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Though. I've been listening to a lot, a lot of podcasts that point out that if you go back through the comics, Professor X is a real, real jerk. Like, he does some terrible stuff. Well, everyone in comics does terrible stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, so I, I could imagine Professor X coming in, coming in, winning the election, and then, like, the first thing he does is like, right, I'm abolishing term limits. Right, that, that, that's that done. I'm staying, in, I'm, staying in for fi- I'm staying in for 50 years. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think, you know what? I think it would be Cyclops, because Prof- Professor yeah, seems- X seems like the kind of guy who just wants... He wants the validation of being right, and I don't think he's the sort of person who wants to be surrounded with people who disagree with him. Yeah. And as such, uh, if I think of who's the the most apologetic Professor X supporter he could possibly find, who would also yes. play well with the American voting, um, with the American voting public, and that's Cyclops. Although the glasses yeah. might be a thing. Yeah. Mm. The, the one thing I was thinking of, I wondered that if you made. Wolverine president, I could see Professor X being VP. Yeah, but then knowing knowing Professor X, he'd just stage a coup within about five seconds and yeah. impeach Wolverine. No, I'm I'm seeing so. I'm seeing Cyclops. Yeah. Um. So Xavier Summers, 2024. Yeah. My other joke, uh, for who it is running might be would be me, because even though I'm legally speaking not allowed to run in a U.S. election. I just thought <laughs> two, two. I thought just two wheelchairs. It made sense. I was thinking of the American Dad uh, joke about the yeah. wheels and the leg man. But there we are. Mm-hmm. There's a symmetry to that, though, that I think would really resonate yeah. with with the American public. Yeah, although as the last few elections have kind of doesn't really matter. You can resonate with whoever you like. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Now, a- after these last elections, I'm just yeah. I, I, I'm done. I'm like I don't know. I don't know anymore. What do I know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. So, I'm so done. So, sorry. Sorry to date this Christmas episode completely, but ironically, today is literally the day where the U.S. government has shut down for the first time in about five years. Uh, so, like, you fun, know, have fun with that, and no national parks or anything. Does does this happen in other countries? And I just don't hear about it. Do other countries where they have two major political parties that just bicker so much they just shut the whole thing down? I not well. I can only give you the British perspective, and the answer is kind of no because. We don't pass. It's not to do. It's not so much to do with the party system. It's we don't pass budgets. How you pass budgets? No, oh, yeah. It's not a case of having to kind of authorize funds in the same way. So I, I'm trying to think. I think other. I think there are states that do. But yeah, it's to, it's not to do with the political climate. Yeah. It's to do with how the legislature works. I, I promise you, Nick, a hundred percent that if part of this whole shutting down the government thing meant that government workers didn't still get paid and get their pensions, they wouldn't be doing it. Yes. The idea that they're going to go out there and not pay the military, but they will pay themselves, just seems 
You know, yes. as as somebody who used to have to pull the military paycheck, which uh, it, it, for certain ranks and certain people is not all that great, by the way, and that they would pull it in order to try to score some political points on one side or the other. And I'm not painting blame here because honestly, they, they we we do this often enough that we can't say it's this party or that party. But yeah, uh, just yeah, not, uh, just not, just mm. grow up, people, and do your job. Yeah, not to get too political, but I was having an amusing conversation with one of my. Uh, politics uh, lecturers at university where we we're wondering how far down the presidential line of succession would we have to get before we get a, a vaguely okay candidate <laughs> running the country i i went for paul ryan but there we are i you know yeah i anyway. i don't i don't i don't want to get into this but anyway so so thanks pat by the way uh, i just started listening yeah. to the melting pat podcast uh, a few months mm. ago it's actually a very good podcast uh, i started because he kept he kept popping up in my feed, and I know that he had listened yeah. to some of my appearances on Almost Better Than Silence, and so I gave it a listen, and it is now in my rotation. So yeah, he's yeah he's he's on my list, but it's a, it's always that classic thing of trying of getting into a new podcast. You're like, yeah, but all my old podcasts have have got stuff out there. I feel really bad. I've been so behind. Like I haven't listened to Girl Tribe Gaming in ages. I'm sorry. And just yeah, I've been a bit all over. Yeah, the place. I try, and this is yeah. this is bad, and I understand how how vain this sounds, but I also I refuse to listen to podcasts that don't also follow me back on Twitter, and that's that's yeah, not that's yeah, not to say that I'm so it. important that you should, but I'm saying so many podcasts have taken the time to follow me on Twitter and connect with me. Yes. that if I'm going to start listening to a new podcast, I'm not going to ignore those people. They are going to get preferential treatment, and I yeah. I'm not going to start listening to a cast that's that's not even going to. You know, and yeah. I, I get they have no obligation to follow me on Twitter. That's not what no, I'm saying. No, not at all. I, I'm not. I'm not that vain. But I'm saying other people have taken the time to connect with me, and I owe it to yeah. them. And if I if I get done with every podcast that has followed me and connected with me, and then I run out, yes, then I'll start going to some of these other casts who, who haven't done that. But I mm. I owe it. I I feel like in good conscience, I do owe these people the benefit of of. Uh, right of first refusal to my listening ear, I should say, and so yes, that's that's sort mm. of when I pick a new podcast when I think I need something new to listen to, I go through my Twitter feed yeah. and I think who am I not listening to yet that I should be, and on it yes. that's how I discover a lot of pod. That's how I discovered One Track Gamers. That's how I discovered um, uh, Gamers Without Borders, which I now co-host. Yeah, so yes. awesome, yeah. awesome, right there. Uh, that's how I discovered yeah. Almost Better Than Silence. That's how I discovered Video Game Generations. So. That's yeah. just what happens is I want a new podcast. I look at who's already in my social network, whose name keeps popping mm. up, and I, I add them. And so now you can add the melting pat and to to a yeah. certain extent talking crass to that. Again, I don't I yeah. don't listen to them for other professional reasons, but I acknowledge yes. they're a good podcast. And if I if hero talk was not a thing, talking crash would be in my regular rotation. Yes. And um what was I gonna say? I almost don't want to say this because I know John's ego is going to love this, but it's quite well documented that this uh, this podcast wouldn't exist without John following me on Twitter by sheer chance. Oh, no. I think... Oh, John, yeah. he's going to eat that up. I, I'm hoping... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm hoping because he's so busy because I forgot to say congratulations, John. Again, a little bit late, but uh, yeah. big congratulations to you. So con- congrats, yeah, congrats! Without... I feel, I think I've already said this on other podcasts, so it's really weird for me to say it again. But first time on this podcast, yeah, congratulations, John, for the first time on your yes. new child. Yes, yes, congratulations! Uh, all the best to you both. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna love this. But yeah, I think he followed me on Twitter by chance. So then he then started wondering gamers. I gave him feedback. That's how him and me then 
became quite close, and then that's how he ended up being like, oh, why don't you start a podcast? And yeah. then here we are. Well, and <sighs> so at, at the risk of inflating his ego any more than we already have, but John is he's one of those he's rare guys who has you know he has this incredible talent for it that mm. I, I I try to emulate, but it never quite can duplicate, but. Yes. And and he's so down to earth that he's absolutely the kind of guy who will just, you know, you'll you'll give him a shout out on Twitter and then, you know, next thing I knew he was liking all my tweets and retweeting my stuff and I'm I'm yes. like, "What why is this guy with his show taking the time to, you know, and that's and that and I've I've been through the story yes. about how, you know, the, the Girl Tribe Gaming gave me a shout out on their episode and I yes. was just like, "What in the yes. what 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 parallel Twilight universe am yes. I in right now?" And and John is just just like that. He is so talented and so good, but he's so down to earth, and he he will absolutely connect with you and and want to be involved and and very excited to sort of have you in his network. And I mean, just yeah. he's he's an he's an astounding talent, and it's it's really nice to have him as a, mm, as sure. a friend. I should say we don't own him. Hey, but, says, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, to jump out to questions because we did miss a secondary question of Pat's. And I don't know if you know the background of this. Oh, so so, so Pat, question... Pat has been asking the president this for a super yes. long time. And mm. uh, so this – it's also come up on other podcasts. I think this came up on an ABTS. I believe he's asked them this too. Um, yeah. is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. And well, – Sorry. That's just me saying yes to confirm what you're saying as yeah. opposed to yes. So, so do you think a hot dog's a sandwich? Well, if you take a sandwich to mean – two pieces of bread with filling, it is that. It's just that it's a different way up. It's horizontal as opposed to vertical. So, so the weird thing about that is, is I because I take the definition of sandwich, is that there's there's two pieces of bread with something in between. A yes. hot dog a hot dog bun is a single piece of bread. Okay. So so okay. now it's now we're in a weird where like if I were to roll a single piece of bread around something, does that make that a sandwich or is it something else entirely? Yeah, and the problem is, is that you, uh, the thing is, you can get a sausage sandwich. That's something that exists. Yeah, it is in Britain. It, yeah, and it so does here. Like, well, and they also, they, uh, yeah. they, yeah, they have the single piece of bread. Like they very often don't cut it all the way through, and they keep it connected on one end. That's why I tend to call yeah. them uh, personally. I call them grinders. One because I'm yeah. from New England, and so that's what I can call them. And two because mm. uh, it's not two pieces of bread. And saying sandwich it just feels really weird to me. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I would I would say I'm just gonna I'm just gonna answer the question outright and then you can you can throw in your commentary. Um, given that we can call a Philly cheesesteak a sandwich, and given that we call a sub a sandwich, and given that we call grinders sandwiches, then yes, absolutely, a hot dog is a sandwich. But for for yeah. me personally, uh, since I also it, don't consider those other things sandwiches, I don't consider a hot dog a sandwich. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it is. For me, it's a bread product, but it is it's its own thing. Like, in the end, in the very simple terms, it is something sandwiched between something else in the very literal sense of the term. Mm -hmm. But no, I would consider a hot dog its own thing that you then build upon. Because you get, like, chili dogs and things, which admittedly is not something you really get in the UK, and I've never had one, but I know they exist. Oh, they're amazing, Nick. Yeah, I know, yeah, the concept sounds amazing. But I've been, I've been on a real burrito kick, which is something that's only really uh, come to the UK in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Well, burritos are also pretty cool, so I can't really hate you yeah. for that. I know, I know, I know. It's not a quote unquote traditional burrito, but KFC do burritos, and they're amazing. Oh, do they? Do yeah. Well, do ours do, do that, or do yours Britain. do that? Well, I know ours do that. I I assumed that yours would do. I, that I mean, who because... knows? Did, ours did this weird thing the one time where instead of a bun, it was just two pieces of chicken. Chicken, yeah. yes, I saw. Yeah. 
Oh no, but the no the KFC burritos are really good because you either get this is <laughs> this podcast is going all over the place. You either get like their normal chicken strips or their like spicy chicken strips, oh, yeah. and then like rice, rice and beans, and a really nice like slightly spiced sauce and some lettuce. And the best uh, I always so say to people right they're now. like. And I say to people, it's the it's the best value for money meal you can get in KFC because it's really filling. Like they really, really fill this tortilla. Mm-hmm. Like when you first get it, it doesn't look very big, but then you finish it and you're like, I'm done. Like I, I do not need anything else. So yeah, that is my that is what that is my go to. And it really annoys me because there's a burrito restaurant really, really near me. But I think it's like a proper sit down restaurant, and I'm terrible. I, I refuse to go to a sit down restaurant by myself. No, and that that's like, fair. When 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 I was just, when I was single, I also refused to go to sit down restaurants by myself. Well, I will go to the cinema by myself happily. It's quite. I nice, do all actually. the time. But, I love it. But re- restaurants, just no, no. Just the sad moment of like the waiter or the maitre d' going, ah, oh, table for one, then, sir. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, is anyone else joining you? The... No, stop judging me. Yeah, take the candle off this table. It won't be needed. <laughs> Not, not that I haven't done it before, because I have, but I mean, mostly in the venue of an airport where, mm, I mean, yeah, well, that's kind of it's much yeah. more normal there. But yeah, yeah other, otherwise, that's got, what takeout's for. Yeah, and delivery. An airport is kind of its own sovereign nation. Yeah, but this has now got me into the mood for a burrito so much that if I didn't have my lunch sitting next to me and I didn't have to edit this podcast, I would genuinely go out and get one. That sounds really good. I I still have the whole day in front of me right now. It's still early morning for me. Yeah. I could still go get. I could get a breakfast burrito and a lunch burrito. I hate you so much <laughs> right right now. Because I've got, like, no food in my house, I am literally... I have a jam sandwich sitting next to me and a packet of crisps. <laughs> that is my, that's my lunch, well, everyone. I just, I just no went grocery shopping, house. so I actually have a full fridge right now. So I'm Yeah, good. to be fair, I'm going shopping. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going shopping on... <laughs> this is the podcast now. How yeah. are you all enjoying your video game tech podcast? I know. So I got food being delivered on Monday. Well, because yeah, fun fact: food delivery services like proper ones are great. They they would if we had a decent one around here, then that would be great. But we yeah. don't because people often say, "Ah, oh, you you pay more money," and it's like you pay a tiny bit more money, like you pay for delivery. But like most places will do like voucher schemes, and like if you do it consistently, you can get like you basically can do it like a yearly subscription thing. Yeah. So in the in the like, for the convenience, it's it's insane. Like, it. it- I would do it if we had a good one. The best I could do is like at Walmart where you can have them yeah. get all your groceries and put them in a bag, but then you still got to go in and like grab okay. the bags. Pick up the bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas with this, with me, it comes to your door and it's like, Oh, that's yeah, so good. That's so yeah, good. Ge- genuinely so good. And to be fair, like the delivery is only about like $5 or less. Like it's one of those things of like, if you're clever and you do it in advance and you do it at like not peak times, like not on say, a Friday when everyone comes home from work, like you can get it really cheap. Oh yeah, so like a Sunday what, afternoon what? or something like that would probably be pretty cheap. Yeah, though I think weekends in general they like oh, so a like little a bit Monday. because obviously Monday afternoon, yeah, like for, be perfect, yeah, 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 semi. So yeah, if anyone wants it, Wednesday afternoon that's when I go for midweek and in the afternoon. What has this podcast become? Wow. I think I've just realised why well, we don't podcast in four months. <laughs> I, I, I almost feel, I almost want to edit out the beginning setup because we're barely a video games podcast. We, we talk mainly about film. Yeah. But we can't even call us as a film podcast because we end up talking about this. We, we spent more than half this podcast talking about movies, but we've talked about video games quite a bit. We've, uh, we, yeah, we, are, film. We, we are all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but just we just tangents, just because funny enough, one of the later questions comes down to kind of how this podcast came about. And though I'm pretty sure I've told this story, I will tell it again. So yeah, but no, um, 
So yeah, hot dog is not really a sandwich, but I, mm, I do hope the president gives you an answer because he's clearly got nothing better to do. So <sighs> yeah. Mm. I'm I'm surprised at this point. I'm gonna get slightly political again, and then we can just move on. But I'm surprised at this yes. point that like some CIA FBI joint operation hasn't just linked his phone to a fake Twitter, yeah. so that he he'll sit there and tweet all day long, but it doesn't actually go out. Just go, it just just goes to yeah. a a fake phony Twitter that feeds him like pretend news that that he can then look yeah. at and then not flip out about and then. Yeah, well, it was it was like when that Twitter employee took down his account for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is the like that is going to get you fired, but that is the best way, best thing you could do. You know what? If I was on my way out the door, then then I know I know some people were really mad about that and they thought that it was disrespectful and whatnot. But I'm sort of on the way as like, uh, listen, even even if no matter your party affiliation, I think everyone can agree that we would like the president to do more presidenting. Yes. Like, it's, it's again, I can't believe how I put it this game, but at the moment, as part of my degree, I'm studying the foreign policy of the United States, and it's really interesting to look at every president and look at their different approaches. So, like, you look at, say, Reagan and his aggression towards the Soviet Union, and, like, George Herbert Walker Bush being more kind of, kind of cautious. And then it's like, I'm, part of me is really interested that when, like, when Trump is out of office, whenever that is, and when all the academic books that kind of analyze his presidency, like, what the hell are they going to do? Like, uh, I mean, like previously, tw- Twitter, the most exciting Twitter is going to go yeah. in the U.S. political history books now. Oh god, yeah. Like before this, the most exciting president we had was basically Bill Clinton because he played the saxophone and he did a lot of things that he shouldn't have done. Yeah. But it's like this is just a whole different level. Yeah, this is. I I, I yeah. don't like that. I have to check my Twitter feed to see what current U.S. foreign policy is. Yep. Let's move on. Next no, question, no. please. Yes, please, let's. Please, anyway, please. John. Yes, so John of the One Track Gamers, uh, where the hell have you been? We've answered that. Uh, why don't you love us anymore? Uh, well, John, you're my special favourite. I love you more. I love, I love you. I love you most. I'm sorry. Yeah, that I, was I, I th- that was brilliant. I'm sorry. That was great. I, I think I think I think about you every day. I have a framed photograph of you on my desk. I'm, I'm touch. I'm touching it right now. <laughs> Hopefully the mic picks it. <laughs> yeah, no, Don't I, worry, Greg. I heard that. Don't worry, Greg. You're my secret, real special favorite. I know, I know, I know. We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah it's fine. No one will hear that. No one will hear this part. We Only we can hear it. This will just be dead silence to everyone else. Yeah, no, this is yeah, this is the hidden recording that you're never forgetting. <laughs> anyway. Oh, doing some shtick now. So much shtick. <laughs> Uh, also, if you're on death row and we, you were given one last final meal, what would it be? Uh, I think fun tangent, because we haven't done enough of those, let's think of an outlandish situation about how the two of us, let's say we do it together, end up on death row. Um, well, let's see. I'm, 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 I'm imagining think, we're smugglers. Uh, yeah. And we're smuggling... We're smuggling drugs, but then we didn't know it okay. was drugs, but then we figured out it was drugs, so we decided we couldn't deliver... Yep. And so we ended up going on the run, and yep. in the course of going on the run, it turns out that the federal investigators after us were actually crooked in working for the drug runners in the first place. And so we get locked in a warehouse and have to have a giant shootout in which we are able to stop the drug runners and kill the FBI agents. But in the whole aftermath, in order to cover it up, we end up on death row for the, the murder of federal agents. 
See, that is a genuine story that could probably be converted into a film or a book, whereas mine was going to be really dumb, <laughs> where basically um, I was going to cosplay as Professor X and you as, Cy- <laughs> and you as Cyclops. We were going to attempt a presidential bid, but outside uh, normal ele- electoral procedures, and in the attempts of getting on the Rose Garden lawn, we get rugby tackled by the Secret Service and, for reasons unknown, accused of treason. And there we are. It's funny how in in both of our uh, in both of our scenarios we talk about how inept the, the U.S. government is. Yes, <laughs> there's oh, there is a small part of me that would like there is a part of me that wants to do about five different podcasts. I want to do a politics podcast. I want to do a history podcast. I want to do an F one podcast. But given that I can barely hold this shambles of a podcast <laughs> together, uh, it's not a good yeah. idea. How, so anyway, so now now we're on death row together Fine, yeah, for for yeah, our okay. escapades. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a candle lit meal because no one likes a meal for yeah, one. As we've they're gonna, they're, we're getting a very special double execution. Yes. So and so we we get to get to choose our last meal together. Uh, what yeah. what what do we want to eat? I would say lobster. I was I was thinking that all steak. Like I know it's kind of the go to, but it's like if you're having a last meal, you know, you can actually you can do both. Ex- Have you ever read those stories about people who order their last meals? You can order a ton of stuff. Well, yeah, because yeah, isn't it people that there were people that ordered a ludicrous amount? So like, some jails had to kind of tweak their rules where they were like, "No, you can't order like fifty lobsters because you're not going to finish." Right, it. but I mean, people, yeah, I have, people I have, eat I have, a ton of like. There are people like had one guy had an entire fried chicken and a steak, like and a, a burger. Yeah, well, I thought to be fair, it would be one guy had like it would be twenty peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like ridiculous. But yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see if you could try and kill yourself by eating too much before the formal execution, just as like yeah. a final middle finger so, to the justice. So system. my thought, as the final middle finger to the justice system, is that I want it to be a ton of food because when I die, I know I am going to evacuate my bowels, and I want to make sure that's <laughs> yes. a special treat for whoever has to deal with yeah. that cleanup. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. But if you want a genuine answer, because it is like my favorite meal that I don't have that often, so it remains special. Uh, peppered steak. Mm-hmm. Chips, maybe a bit of mushrooms. I'm thinking. Yeah, just yeah, I would. I would def- I'm, like I'm thinking I would have steak and lobster. Fair play. Oh, surf and turf. Oh of yeah, course. yeah, steak and lobster. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I really want to try lobster because I have seafood. But even in like small quantities, it's so prohibitively expensive. And it's like because it's always the top thing on a menu. Even if it's like on paper, not that expensive. You feel bad being yeah. the guy that goes for the most expensive thing on that's the menu. That's true. Now, now being being in New England, and in fact being on the New England coast, lobster is not something that's very difficult to come by around here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do get get lobster. I get my fair share of lobster. Now it it, it turns me off of any seafood restaurant that's inland. Like yeah, red lobster is right off the menu for me. I won't go there because I know those lobsters mm-hmm. aren't fresh. Whereas I'm used to. The restaurants where I get to eat lobster at, the lobster has traveled a grand total of about 30 feet since coming off the boat before it's in my mouth. Yes. So, you know, those those are good places. And I do love lobster. And I think if I if I had to go, I would want I'd want the lobster shelled. There's there's a there's a restaurant that's uh, that's in Connecticut and it's called uh, I want to say Ford's and they offer something called the lobster bomb, which is a bread bowl, which is then filled with lobster then topped with butter, and if you order, it's not on the menu. This is my special treat for our listeners who may happen to be in the New England area. If you order what they call the bisque bomb, they then top all of that with lobster bisque. Now, it's it's not on the menu. You, you, you won't yeah. see the bisque bomb on the menu, but you have to order the bisque bomb. They'll know what that is, and they will top it with lobster bisque for you. It is amazing. And it is so prohibitively expensive that I will only ever order it once a year because that's like 
50 bucks right there. But for my last meal, you better believe I am getting a top-end filet mignon steak and a bisque bomb, and that's how I'm going down. (laughs) Yeah, fun fact for listeners, um, at the time of recording, for me, it's 20 to 2 in the afternoon. I haven't had my lunch, (laughs) and you will probably hear my stomach rumbling, because goddammit, my lunch is not going to live up for that. I'm still tempted to go out for an afternoon burrito. Goddammit. I I, I honestly think you should. Live it up, man. Yeah, but... I need to edit this. Yeah, that's true. Well, if there's if one I thing edit, I am I certainly edit. going to be an advocate for, it's editing podcasts in a timely manner. That given that our our hero talk we recorded in December has not yet been edited and posted yeah. yet. Though the other downside is that every time where that um, burrito restaurant is is a big uh, shopping center or mall, I should say. No, nope. okay. That also, Enough said. That Enough also said. has a f- yeah. That also has a Five Guys in it, oh, and every time I go guys. in, I'm like. Five Guys, you're so expensive, but you're so good. Five Guys is so good. We uh, we have like five different Five Guys restaurants right in our area here, yeah. which is it's just it's amazing because some people are like, I've never been there, and like I get to pick which one I want to go to on any given day. Yeah, although I did have the greatest injustice ever at Five Guys not too long what ago. What happened? That I don't know. I don't know if uh, this is the same in the US, but they have a weird thing in it. In every Five Guys I go to, that no matter what portion of fries you order. They give you about five portions in the bottom of your bag. That's, that's yes. That's like, part of the thing. Yeah. Okay, so, and then I don't know if it's like this in the US, but um, in the UK, they have those Coke Freestyle machines where you can get, like, loads of different flavors of different sodas and stuff. Yep, no, absolutely. That's a thing so, here, too. And, and Yeah, and you just get the cup and you get free refills and that's fine. Okay, so I'd, sit, I'd, I'd sat down, I'd finished my burger, but was eating the chips in the bag, and I'd gone to refill my drink, and because I'd left my seat and I wasn't eating a burger... The staff assumed I'd finished, and they took the bag away that was still half oh, full of chips. Oh, no. I am so sorry. I am so yeah, sorry. So, mm, yeah. And Although, I think it's a bit of a deliberate trap, because I don't know if it's the coating they put on it, but Five Guys chips are quite salty. So you find yourself drinking a lot, and it's like... Mm. Yeah. No. That's, that's, that's so bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Mm. Although, yeah. Although, I did, I did learn, though, those... Um, those uh, drinks machine have a wheelchair accessible setting that I hadn't realized. Oh yeah, they have buttons at the bottom which I hadn't realized, yeah. and then a member of staff told me, and I was like, "Oh, fun fact! But I want a Five Guys now." Oh. See, now I kind of want I, Five I, Guys. I, 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 sorry, I swore under my breath, but I don't think that one of them picked up. That's fine. I, I think we're good. It's we're, fine. We're, we're, we, we don't we carry a mature we tag. We do. Okay, we, there, do. We're good. We, re- we very rarely swear directly anyway. Yeah, but it's it's like a safety. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, um, so yeah, mine was peppered steak, uh, and Greg's was also steak with that lobster bisque thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the problem is my, ex- my experience of a lot of American food is watching the terrible yet brilliant Guy Fieri TV show, oh, Diners, Drive-Ins yeah. and Dives. Yeah, he... Which is, is like, it's all the b- food that's like all terrible and greasy, but at the same time you just want it so much. No, that's, that's about like, right. I hate, yeah. like, I hate Guy Fieri, like... All the stupid like memes and things about him on the internet are completely true, but just some of that food is just like because it's just so excessive. Like you do not get places like that in the UK. I want a place where I can get a sandwich the size of my arm. And okay, technically speaking, you could you could get that in a subway, but that's not what I mean. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, next question. All right. <laughs> okay, so okay, peek behind the curtain. We've been going for an hour and a half, and we've got another yes, we have six or so questions to do, and if they take us long. Well, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the No Time for Time Travel podcast. 
uh, I'm assuming again that Tony runs this account. He asks us two questions. I'm pretty sure he might have asked us the second question before, because it seems oddly familiar. But his first question was, um, how did you get your podcast name? Um, and the answer to that is, way back when, in I think April of 2016, uh, me and Brad were kind of um, spitballing for ideas. We could think of something. We wanted to emphasise... Um, the international element of the podcast that we had at the time, and we now do have because we've got Greg back. So yeah, we went with Gamers Without Borders, but we made the classic mistake of not Googling uh, the name, which is the first thing you should do when doing anything to do with like, SEO and names. And I think, I think they still exist. There's like a ah, there's like a gaming group, I don't know if they're a Steam group or something called Gamers Without Borders, and I think they come up, up before us if you Google us. So it was just a massive change, but then by the time we realised that, we'd already set up the Twitter account and the email, and we were like, "There's no getting out of this." And we did actually get in touch with them, and they don't care. And we've never, we, I've never heard from them in the like two years this podcast has been running. So that is advice for God's sake, Google your podcast name. I think the reason we were so sloppy is this name came about where, um, where during when me and uh, Brad were. F- doing the ter- famously terrible episode zero, and we'd kind of barely known each other, and we were just suggesting random sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. And I say that as yes. somebody who, when I was doing the uh, Hero Talk, I became aware of other podcasts that had also assumed the name Hero Talk that came after mine. So individuals who clearly yes. did not Google it and check to see if that was already a podcast out there. And yes. so... Um, one of the things that I did as a result is uh, it did help inspire the change to the real Hero Talk podcast, which yes. is my not so subtle dig at those people. You know, yeah, to say you are, all yeah, you are all pretenders. Stupid. I'm the real Hero Talk, and it was so I could be uniquely searchable. And I also I made very conscientious effort at that point that anytime I said Hero Talk, I would say podcast next to it. So that yes. anywhere it appears, if somebody wants to Google Hero Talk podcast, my name would come up higher. Because I didn't used to say yes. Hero Talk podcast. I used to just say, like, I host Hero Talk. This is Hero Talk. We're doing Hero Talk. And when you when yeah. you lose podcasts, then all of a sudden these other people's shows, which were less popular and had less listens, were shooting up higher in the search. Mm. So I had to be a little yeah. Google savvy and, and make our, our ourselves higher in, in the search list. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the answer. And then um, Tony's other question, which I think is familiar because I remember saying exactly what I'm about to say. He says, who would win the battle and why? Superman boosted by a Green Lantern ring or Goku in his Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan mode? Because I think I remember saying at the time, I have so little experience of both DC and Dragon Ball Z that I think I just gave some dumb answer. Yeah. Um, so here's here's my take. Uh, Superman okay. always tends to win these fights. Somehow, some way, yes. he does some, he gets some new ridiculous overpowered result and he, and he always seems to win. Whereas Goku always seems to lose and then have to rise up to the challenge. And so this has been something that has been explored uh, very seriously. ScrewAttack.com has done several different interpretations of of a Goku and Superman fight, and they always come up with the same result I do, which is Superman always is going to win because he's Superman, and he's going to develop some new ability, new skill, new thing. And and yeah. so he's always going to beat Goku, regardless of how stupid powerful Goku is, because no matter how stupid powerful they make Goku, Superman will always be stupid powerfuller. Yeah. And so that's fair. It, it, you know, you you can upgrade his Goku to Super Saiyan God or Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan Blue, as they call it now. He can go Ultra Instinct. You can do all that stuff. Superman is still faster. He's still stronger, and he can still punch with the force of like one billion megatons or something. It's ridiculous. So, um, yeah. It's always going to be Superman. And now, 
it does. So again, it's Superman, regardless of whether or not Goku has gone Super Saiyan Blue or not. Now let's add that Green yeah. Lantern's assisting. It's it's not even a fair fight. Superman and, and Green Lantern by by a wide margin. Mm, yeah. Um, all I'm going to say is, you said this was your take on the question. So if you had to take on a temperature scale, how would you rate that take? <laughs> In Kelvin. In Kelvin. Oh, nobody knows Kelvin. Next no, question. Uh, the answer was lukewarm, but there we are. You won the other. <laughs> or in, in honour of, of, of Greg and his mistakes, I almost think it's, that should be renamed Luke Cage. Luke but there Cage. We are. Yeah, so that's that's my lukewarm take. There you go. That's your yeah, sound bite there right there. Yeah, cut that out and uh, <laughs> have that. I'm sure you'll, people will end up cutting out me just going off on one about Max or Alicia Vikander or something and then use it against yep. me. But it's fine. Yep. Uh, Amanda from One Track Gamers uh, says, what's your 2018 podcast goals, if any? Uh, more often, I, always, I, can't, I think. I, can't, I was going to say, I can't decide if it's a genuine question or meant it's a little <laughs> bit of a joke. But no, the answer is more often. But the the genuine fact of the matter is... I am probably at the most busy period of my life that I have ever been in. Mm-hmm. Like, without going into massive detail, I finish university in the next six months. I have to get a real job, like a real adult. Yep. I have to. I have to find a. Ha- I have to find somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- those yeah. are all not easy things. You know, no. those, those are things I'm and glad I've already done because I don't envy exactly. you at all. No. So like, but like, yeah. So. Ideally, like, I know I've got kind of a window in my schedule in the next few weeks, so I might try and get some of my stuff. So, yeah, in an ideal world, I do more, I get more listens, um, and, but, yeah, I honestly don't know. Although, fun fact, um, we were doing the classic thing. Uh, I was in a lecture, and we were doing the classic. Tell, tell everyone an interesting fact about yourself, and because I hate these things, I always use the fact I have a podcast as a go-to thing. And I just thought like that would kind of that would just kind of end the conversation. And then my lecturer asked me so many follow up <laughs> questions. I was like, so so do you get many listeners? And I was like, well, kind of yes, but then we're all kind of in our like self contained community, and it's like it's kind of not like if you look at the numbers, we're not very popular at all. But we kind of all piggyback off each other, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's it's complicated. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I got any listeners out of this. I even offered to give people a shout out, but there we are. Oh. Well, you know what? You always got to push the podcast. So much, so much. I, I, I've said for years I've joked about getting a t-shirt made just for for the jokes. <laughs> or like a mug or something. Oh, a mug would be nice. Like I, I, I was going to do a mug because like there's so many mug printing companies for like when, when it was the one year anniversary. But then I was just like, no one's going to see this. Like even if I post pictures of it on Twitter, like no one's going to see yeah. this. But anyway, so yeah, uh, more often and get popular, get famous people on the podcast. I don't know, get uh, Alicia Vikander on it, get uh, Gal Gadot on it, get Wonder Woman yeah. on it. I, yeah, it's it, I better be on the one with Gal Gadot on it. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, you have to ask me very nicely, but I kind of feel <laughs> we get the both of us, even though I've not seen the film yet, I will see it, but I enjoy her work in Fast and Furious. It would be the two of us fangirling <laughs> and she'd just leave. She, she would, she would like, really... It would it would be like like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. Like, hey, remember when you were in Wonder Woman and like you walked through yeah. no man's land and you were like blocking all those bullets? That was awesome. And in the hy- in the <laughs> hypothetical situation, she could have like left the Skype call and we wouldn't notice for an hour because we'd just yeah. be too busy. She really could. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Gal yeah. Gadot, if you're listening, and I'm hoping you are, I don't let that deter you yes. from actually coming on Gamers Without no, Borders. No, we are we are we are great people. Our DMs are open. <laughs> I said I, I at the very least would like to talk about Fast and Furious because I love those films. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so Gal, Gal, th- we, was... I already follow you, so you can DM me. So just 
just do yeah, and and come on, this would it would really aid the international element of our podcast. It, it would. I don't even. Yeah, like Israel is an underrepresented part of the world. I'm not right. in trouble for that. Uh, yeah. I don't. Maybe I don't uh, know. Let's move on. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Lee from the Monster Closet Podcast uh, says three words that describe the last. That's Jedi. all you. Requires second view. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. I yeah. love that. All right, yeah. so shout out. By the way, Monster other... Closet, another podcast that they started following me, and then I started listening. And yeah, they started following me, and I haven't started listening, and I'm so sorry. I will get round to you yeah. guys. I, 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 I like their podcast. Yeah. They're very good. Um, they they do this rendition yeah. where uh, Lee and, and Paco, who was also on the show, they talk about um, Metal Gear Solid, and that's when I really sort of got... I, yeah. I'd been listening to them, but I really got into them when they started this Metal Gear Solid series because they found a way of doing... The the podcasts now have gone beyond the length of what I believe it takes to play the game, but and it's and it's okay. a lot of Paco recalling the podcast and Lee sort of driving the questions to him about it, and yeah. I've had more fun listening to Lee and Paco recall Metal Gear Solid than I ever had playing the games. Yeah, I I am I'm genuinely I probably will start listening to them this afternoon because I've done the really bad thing at the moment of. I've just been re-listening to episodes from various podcasts that I've heard before when there's so much new stuff out there. So yeah, Monster Closet and other and other ones in the network, I'm, I'm going to get on that. And I always keep meaning to write reviews as well, but I never get yeah, around to I, it. Yeah, I, I don't use iTunes, so it's very hard to write reviews. Yeah, but like, I, I don't use it very much, so it's like, yeah. yeah if, but I know people I people just... benefit from them, as, as would us yeah, if you're problem. listening it's... to us and you like yeah. us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Yeah, but please tell us who you are because it took us long enough to work out who our one reviewer was last time. <laughs> yes, thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Robin. Yeah, <sighs> took us long enough. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, requires second viewing, and but because I'm also uh, one of those part of the generation that lo- loves and hates, well, has ambivalence towards the prequels, but loves all the stupid dumb memes. My extended uh, thing is Last Jedi needs more of Obi Wan Kenobi going hello there. <laughs> <laughs> to a room to a room full of droids so there we are mm-hmm. like I've said that if they if they do this whole um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi solo film that's being suggested it needs to be Ewan McGregor again and I would just take two hours of him saying hello there to various different creatures I don't, I'm okay with that yeah, yeah that, I, that's all I want uh, uh, then my last question comes from one of your own uh, enthusiasts Kinetic mm-hmm. who I will talk about a little bit more in a minute as well because he's been doing something very interesting he asks do you dig giant robots alright so do you know what this is a reference uh, to no so this is I, this I was a was just genuinely asking no it was a, it was a short lived cartoon on Cartoon Network on Toonami um, we're I think we're probably looking at 15 or so years ago and yeah, ah, so I would have been five. yeah so you would have been quite young um it's called Megas XLR yeah the, the name doesn't I, I I did go through a phase of watching Cartoon Network but yeah that doesn't ring a bell yeah uh, so it's a uh, it, it was pretty popular the premise of the show is that it was um some dudes in New Jersey found like a giant like mech super space fighting robot and then they rigged their okay. car up to it so the car was the head. Okay. And uh, and and so, like, when the person who like owns the robot comes, and it might have been from the future, maybe when 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 she comes to kind of collect the robot, she realizes she can't use it anymore because these guys who you know, for by and large, just kind of like your typical Jersey boys, have rigged it up to their car yeah. and rewired everything to a video game controller. <laughs> so she's now forced to work with okay. them in order to vanquish anything that they would need to vanquish. Um, 
and had an it had yeah. an amazing theme song, which basically tells the story real quick and, and describes it as a giant robot car. I was a big fan of the series. I'm actually I'm I'm gonna crinkle it for the hopefully the mic can pick that up. I have a Megas yeah. XLR figure of which they probably made like three because seriously the show was not that popular and it still it sits on yeah. my desk to this day. I did not have to get it out for the podcast. It was already yeah. on my desk at a Megas XLR <laughs> and the uh, the catch. refrain of the of the song the theme song was. Um, uh, I think it was like, I dig giant robots, you dig giant robots, chicks dig giant robots, nice. So so <laughs> okay. Nick is just asking, yeah. you and I, do we dig giant robots? Yeah. To which I will answer, Nick, I dig giant robots, you dig giant robots, chicks dig giant robots, nice. That is another soundbite that you can happily cut out and like auto-tune, dubstep it, <laughs> do what you want with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then one of the comments that um, yeah I wanted to uh, talk, talk about what Kinetic's been doing behind the scenes, um, it's not something we've spoken about because it's Greg's area and it's Greg's website, but the Enthusiasts is one of the things they put up on YouTube. Uh, they do a wrestling championship where in one of the WWE games they have made uh, avatars of various people mm. um, uh, and are wrestling each other. Unsurprisingly, Greg is dressed up like his namesake and I believe is like... Are you reigning champion? I, I believe, yeah. I uh, I believe I am currently the reigning champion. Yeah, and it's so it's all computer yeah. controlled. So it's not like we're yeah. we're controlling ourselves. We basically uh, no, so no. kinetic or or Nick, which is very confusing because when internally yeah. we refer to yeah. you as GWB Nick, so as not to confuse ourselves okay. on enthusiasts. Yeah, that's but that's fine. But uh, so here, I guess he I've, would. I've trust it would, It's it's yeah. Trust yeah. me. I've, it's, mm. I've been called for a while. Okay, all right. I think it's fair that here, since since we're we're now in yeah. your home turf, he should be Enthusiax Nick. So Enthusiax Nick, yeah. uh, Kinetic is is doing all this stuff, and he's 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 doing the commentary and basically just kind of watching yes. the computer fight and and doing the wrestling commentary for it and just seeing what happens. And there's some some interesting goings on that that happens as a result. I'm I've sort of been developed as uh, I'm a heel in wrestling terms because mm. I'm allowed to wear a helmet and padding and judge Greg armor basically to, to, to yeah. the ring. And so it's, I've sort of become the, the heel champion, which I'm, yeah. I'm okay with. Um, I do wonder, cause I don't think I've seen the judge Greg avatar lose a match. I'm wondering if maybe I might have a bit of an OP build and they should tone it down a little yeah. bit, but, uh, yeah. but it, it's, it's <laughs> when, when you initially announced the idea, my, my thought was, well, content is content. Uh, then I watched the first yes. one. I thought, well, this is way more fun than it has any right to be. And then I've, I've just been watching them as they come out because I think they're they're yes. they're great fun because it's just it's us beating on each other, doing yeah. these ridiculous moves. And so he at one point, yeah. just to give a little backstory, he said to me, hey, is there anybody else from our extended network who you think might actually be into this? And and you were you were the first name that came up between the two of us. I said, oh, I, I said, I bet, you know. I bet Nick would probably want to be, want to be a part of it, and I said yeah. just just approach him and ask him. I think he I think he'd be cool, and yeah. and then he he oh, let me know. The, yeah, well, that's, that's it because I didn't know the precise background. I remember I think just one of one of the episodes had come out, and I saw it, and I watched it, and I I tweeted Nick saying, "Oh, this is hilarious! It's hilarious!" And then yeah, because I was unaware that happened, like a month or so later, I got a message from him being like, "Hey, do, um, do, do you want to do, do you want to be a part of it?" And um, yeah, I can say. I know he's um, he's working on it. Um, the episode with me, uh, it's going to have me and Greg in it. 
uh, as we speak. He had hoped uh, to get it done uh, to coincide with the release of this recording, but uh, it will be a little bit later. But as soon as that comes out, um, I'll make sure both the podcast and, and myself retweet it because I've seen like an early build of it uh, that doesn't have any have any commentary. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my character looks incredible. Oh, so, uh, I, I I can't my, wait. I can't my, wait. When he when he told me that he was going to pair us together because it made perfect sense. Yeah. You know, because even though yeah. even though we do consider you part of our family, as you've been on a couple of podcasts and, and oh, we work with each other, you. you know, it's it's sort of like yeah. it, it it's very it's, unusual yeah. for me to be like be so involved with Enthusiasts, but at the same time, be I'm also on this completely separate podcast that is not on our network. Yeah. But I, I don't. I have so much fun on this podcast. I wouldn't ever consider not doing this podcast. You know, it, time time would yeah. be the only factor. But it, certainly, I'm not going to get bored of yes. doing these. These are fun. Oh no, no, no me, me neither. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if I had the time, I would happily do this every week. It, it's purely a time thing. It's not to do with a lack of motivation. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's so it, it's 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 yeah. a fun. I'm I'm really excited to see us teaming up with each other and, and seeing what happens and who we who we're up against. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I definitely think partly because it's recorded after the fact that the commentary is a highlight for it. Because obviously they're, obviously it's, it's being recorded and I think it's from what I've listened to it, it was a while ago to be fair, but yeah, their commentary is yes. great. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Mm. I also want to give a shout out that I know the enthusiasts have, uh, they've been recently working on a big uh, playthrough of the game Killer7. Yes. Uh, and obviously that's that's now up and uh, that's, that's really, really good. I've had a look at it. That's also, by the way, um, that's on the Loosely Connected website as well, mm-hmm. because Tony has somehow managed to pull that together. I don't know how. Because <laughs> Tony, Tony's good at what internet. he does, is basically what we're saying. But yeah, yeah Nick yeah, yeah. Nick has been, sorry, uh, so the Kinetic, uh, Enthusiast Nick, has been... He's been trying to get this Killer7 thing done for about as long as I can remember him being a member of the Enthusiacs. And and in part inspired because of uh, the Monster Closet and how they were doing their Metal Gear Solid, uh, he sort of finally got the, the catalyst he needed to really sort of get it get it done and managed and, and see how he wanted to present it. And so him and Goose have been working on it, and Goose being uh, another one of our Enthusiacs members, and they, they just got it finished this, this past week. And it's it's out on our YouTube channel, and it's on the website, and they did a, a podcast about it too, which is on our podcasting network, so all good places to check it out. But Killer7, man, anywhere you can see a good Killer7 reference, I think you need to jump on that. Mm, for sure, for sure. And yeah, that just about comes to the end of the questions. And under normal circumstances, I'd kind of just say we keep rambling. But not only have we rambled for a good while, we are almost coming up on a two-hour mark. I think this is already our longest episode. Excellent. So uh, well Excellent. done for that. We've that. Always about breaking milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, listeners, obviously this is kind of a redundant statement because from your perspective it won't make any sense. But I do hope to get this out on Sunday as, as usual. Um even though obviously now we're recording so infrequently, I do like to get them out as quickly as possible when we do record. If I run into any major problems, um, I will. I'll put a couple of tweets out. But yeah, so this will hopefully be with you quite soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't really think there's anything major want to talk about. I think there's anything we missed. So yeah, like I said, I, I will. Um, I will link to the stuff that the enthusiasts put out. Uh, definitely follow the loosely connected network. They're fantastic podcasts. I should actually follow their own lead and actually listen to the people within my own network. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I've done pretty good. I've listened to. Let me look at the list here. I'm trying. I'm trying to see if there's anybody on here that I haven't. So I listen to One Trek Punk, almost better than Silence Enthusiasts. I yeah, I don't yeah. listen to almost better than Dragons. However, that's a D and D podcast, and that's I admittedly way outside yeah. my my sphere of knowledge. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly the same for me. I don't listen see. to it, not because I. It's just because I don't. It's not a field I know anything about. Yeah, track two gamers. So, uh, track two gamers. I do not technically a podcast. Yeah, not a, not a so, podcast. Yeah, they do video yeah. content. Sword Chomp. I listen to Sword Chomp. I do. 
they're all minus. They all, yep. they no have time to for time travel. That's weekly. Talking Crass. Yep. Uh, I've already discussed Talking Crass. Uh, gamers Without yep. Borders. I'm on it. And <laughs> yeah, one track gamers. So yeah, so I, I think I'm doing yeah. I'm doing a great job. I'm supporting our fellow uh, loosely connected yep. network podcasts and Indeed. and yep. channels. Yeah, but yeah. So that just about so don't Remember, if you want to follow us specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at gwbpod. You can email us at gwbpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at another GMG blog. Blog. You can find uh, my. Uh, you'll find all my written work on there as well. Uh, it doesn't really matter about my PSN. Uh, Greg, where can people find you? All right, so you can find me at Judge Greg is Law, and if you want to talk to me about uh, my other podcast, the Real Hero Talk podcast, that's at Real Hero Talk. Um, I'm also the managing editor for Enthusiacs.com, and you can connect with us either on the website or on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search for Enthusiacs. Yep, thanks so much. That just about wraps it up for this week. I genuinely do hope we'll be back in some semblance of soon, hopefully in the right season or the right quarter of the year. So keep an eye on your fiscal calendars. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's probably the most accurate way you can track when we'll release an episode. Yes. Through the tax year. Through the... <laughs> Yes, we are a fiscal yeah, fiscal so, podcast now. Indeed, well, we've basically covered every might, other might as well, aspect yeah. of the world. Yeah, um, so I will just end this episode by reminding everyone of the one universal truth in the universe that binds us all together, that uh, brings us together in these difficult times. That Max Caulfield is the best. She's the worst. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>